0: entertaining and informative. This is "Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
1: Friends. In Washington, it's a political storm in the House of Representatives. The Republican revolt continued for a second straight day as leader Kevin McCarthy failed for the sixth time to be elected Speaker of the House and become second in line to the presidency. In three straight votes, a speaker has not been elected. A speaker has not been elected. A speaker has not been elected. A speaker stalemate on the House floor, with GOP leader Kevin McCarthy still unable to secure the gavel. Mr. Santos, what is the message you have for your constituents? What do you want to tell the voters of Long Island and Queens today, Santos? I've not spoken with him. After all, how can I believe anything he says? Right now, he was elected by the people, and legally, he has to be sad. So, unless there's a criminal
2: charge
3: that emerges from these investigations. Listen to those who are living on the street. The numbers are impressive. And also, Sid, W.A.B.C. Radio, that's out here, um, as well. Doing our part. If, if every New Yorker will do their part, we will a lot better. You know, we always have to do our part. That's the goal. Together as one There are people dying Oh, when it's time to lend a hand to life The greatest gift of all We can go on Pretending day by day That somewhere will we'll soon make a change
4: So badly to wait till Bruce Springsteen jumps in and such a great part of this song. We are the world. Thought about this song for the first time in a very, very, very long time last night. And I'll tell you why that little news piece we put together every morning. Chris Libertini did a good job putting it together. Then Justin Ellick is the guy that puts all the stories in there. Very good job by Justin, too. So a lot of the stuff this morning is about Kevin McCarthy, who's now 0 for 6 in his attempt to be Speaker. Three straight losses now and really becoming a huge embarrassment for the Republicans. I mean, a huge embarrassment. But at the very end of the uh, the news piece there, you heard Mayor Eric Adams. And maybe it was difficult to hear exactly what he was saying, but long story short, I told you about this yesterday. Last night at 8 o'clock, the mayor, Eric Adams, The beautiful Danielle Rosenberg, Sidney Rosenberg, and my 14-year-old son, Gabriel Rosenberg, the four of us, went for dinner last night. And uh, it was great. We talked about everything. I'll give you some some of the inside stuff. Everything from Donald Trump. You'd be really curious to find out what the mayor thinks about Donald. I may share it. I may not. We'll see. But uh, that came up in conversation. Obviously, Bill de Blasio. Curtis Sliwa, New York City, everything from crime to education. And my son, Gabriel, he has, um, of course, he's been diagnosed with dysproxia, which you guys know about. We had a radiothon here not that long ago, thanks to John and Margot Katsimatidis, me and Danielle. We raised a uh, decent amount of money. Not like we did for Tunnel to Towers, but a decent amount of money. And a lot of you folks that listen to me every day are very kind we just received a couple of checks the last couple of days from people like Joe Nunziata and others donating to my son's charity. And you follow him, the Instagram Spotlight Foundation for Dysproxia DCD. We're also on Facebook. We're everywhere. And um, the charity is starting to take off. was doing a terrific job with that. So my son has dysproxia, and the mayor has dyslexia. So they both have, quote, unquote, disabilities. I mean, legitimate disabilities, and a lot goes into that, which a lot of you folks don't understand nor care, and some of you do, that's fine, but there was a bond right away, I mean a bond right away between Adams and Gabe, and Gabe was born in Boca Raton, Florida, and spent the most of his life so far in Boca Raton, Florida, he's been in New York for six out of the 14 years he's been alive. And the mayor was really curious to find out the difference for a little boy between living in Florida and here in New York. So it was a, it was a great dinner. It lasted about an hour. Uh, it was the second time we've done that. And then we left Danielle and Gabe in the restaurant, and me and Adams made our way towards 34th Street and 8th Avenue, where every Wednesday night there is a ton of people, I mean, a ton of people, a long table, food from um, all over the city, a bunch of people helping out. I mean, really beautiful, really beautiful. And the mayor, every Wednesday night, with these other people's help, feeds the homeless. So I uh, got a pair of gloves on, Lewis stood there behind the big table with all the food in between Mayor Adams and uh, a lovely young lady I met last night, who's also out there quite a bit, Eleonora Cerugo, and we fed the homeless. So the audio that you heard in that little news piece this morning came directly from the video they took last night in New York City as we fed the homeless, which is on my Instagram page right now. You can follow me on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. Rosenberg.Sydney. You can see the video, the photos, all that good stuff. So all in all... After a Tuesday, the mayor pretty much putting this show, Sid and Friends, 77 WABC, in every major paper across the country, his comments about the migrants in Denver, Colorado, every newscast had it. I mean, everywhere. And then the very next night, dinner and uh, this Feed the Homeless, in which I will do on a regular basis now because I must tell you the intrinsic reward when that's over, is immense. And now, it really is, is. What is the food? Oh, my God, Lewis. That's they had, I'm... like, chicken uh, Italian dishes and macaroni and cheese and rice and leonese potatoes. I mean, an unbelievable array of great food. Great. That's what we need right now. I know. I'm starving, too. Yeah, great. Starving. Sounds we went to good. a really good restaurant last night. I'm not going to say what it is because the mayor goes there often. But it was uh, in Midtown. It was really good. I, had a, I must tell you, I had a great rainbow trout. And I never felt more old and Jewish than sitting in a restaurant in Manhattan ordering rainbow trout. But Adams doesn't really eat meat. And Danielle's yelling at me at dinner. You know, you've had chicken and steak 100 times this week. Eat some, get some fish. And Adams is like, she's right, you know. So I went with the rainbow trout and I felt old. I think my grandmother used to get like a Trout Almondine, the diner in, uh, you know, Trump Plaza, till she was like 90. But it was good. The food was uh, very, very good. And I did at least start with some meatballs as my appetizer. But, uh, <laughs> but the food they fed the homeless last night was amazing. But I'm sitting in the car on the way home in the camp about 1130 last night. I slept about two hours, about two hours. And uh, that song came to mind. Because that all came about, we are the world. When it was about uh, the feeding the hungry, what, what was that called again? We, uh, Live Aid or, or um,
5: no? It was called. Uh, I just. It
4: wasn't Live Aid, but it was feeding the hungry, right?
5: That, that's where that. Right. Well, Live Aid was actually the uh, other the Bob Geldof.
4: Oh, that's right. Um, right. Right. Exper-
5: uh, not experiment. The, uh, the 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 concert. Pro- project. The, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and yeah, he was very adamant about uh, feeding Africa. It was
4: something with hungry, uh, not, yeah, not the I, country, I, Hungary, hungry, like I'm starving. No. Yeah,
5: like uh, meatballs.
4: Right. Well, life. I got to sh- shout out a couple of people yeah. who helped me out last night. Like my detail, I had my own detail last night, Louis. That's, uh, that's a big deal. Eddie Vargas, Andre Kaye, and Detective Kenya Arnett. They drove me from the restaurant in the car behind Adams. We had our own uh, own Suburbans. On the way to feed the homeless. you
5: have those little wrist radios. The whole thing, man. Bro, the whole thing. All right. The the Jewish package is (laughs) moving right now. We are going to the rainbow trout right now. Rainbow (laughs) trout on the move. On the move.
4: Rainbow trout.
5: USA for Africa? That that, is. Yes, that's it. USA
4: for Africa, yes. Uh, Wayne Schneider, PCNY. Great meeting him. Ali Ahmed. He's the brain food, the smart kitchen behind feeding the homeless in New York City every Wednesday night. Noel McGuire, they call him Big Noel. He started this, and he'll join us live in studio coming up at 9.05 this morning. Terrific guy. Josh Aria, they call him Batman. He helped me out quite a bit last night. Diana McElroy, the higher high. And finally, Eleonora Strugo and her friend Gigi. Thank you all for helping me out last night. And like I said, it was, uh, it was rewarding. And I would do something like that every week. And, of course, I put up a picture of me and the mayor and the video of us feeding the homeless. And it was met, for the most part, with very nice responses. But, you know, Lou, I get those really nasty, look what happened to Sid. I know I do this all the time, but if Bernie was alive, shut up with that already, <laughs> Dad
5: we got to get shirts made like Right, if Bernie
4: right. was alive, right. Bernie was right. alive. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times I tell you people who was really the voice behind the show. It was me, not Bernie. Doesn't mean I'm any better. Doesn't mean Bernie wasn't great. Bernie did not make the decisions on this show. I did. So, And we had Mayor Eric Adams on the show, as you know, when Bernie was alive. And Bernie liked Eric Adams. The guy that turned Bernard against Eric Adams, ironically, was me. But now they've gotten to know the mayor and sit and talk with him like you morons don't do. I know that he really does care. Unlike Bill de Blasio, he really does care.
3: We're we going to have to continue to pivot and shift. That was unfortunate, yes.
4: Well, that's what you did. You pivoted and shift.
3: It's exactly you what shifted. I did.
4: Yes, which which did. adults are supposed to do, yeah. you know, but we don't do that. We're, we're just so dead set in our ways. And if we didn't like somebody a year ago, we're never going to like them. Or if we loved somebody, Donald Trump, we're always going to love him. And the world doesn't exist that way. People evolve. Situations evolve. It's okay to go from liking somebody to not. Or from not liking somebody to liking somebody. It's okay. You're not any more loyal. Blind faith oftentimes, blind loyalty, is stupid. So I'm giving this guy a chance. But the visceral reaction on social media is so nasty one guy in particular, Tom Lenzo, I had to block him. He- he's-, he's actually a fan of the show, I think. He's been nice in the past. But they get on their high horse. Shut up. But well, what are they mad about? They're mad because Eric Adams doesn't care about the city. They use all these silly nicknames that Curtis applies to him. Because they listen to Sleeva, They don't realize that Sleewa 99% of the time is being sarcastic. It's about shtick. So I got to read Swagger Man POS. I mean, give me a break. Really? <laughs> No, you know what the POS is? You. You are. Because you're placing everything, all your ridiculous and stupid biases ahead of what's good for the folks in New York City and maybe the country. You're the POS, not Adams. Come on, man. We are the world. We are the world, man. We are man. the world. Dig it. And I don't, I don't agree with Adams on a whole bunch of stuff still. A whole bunch of stuff. I mean, we sat at dinner last night, and I blasted them on two or three different things. Blasted them. The good news is, at least he's going to hear that from me. He's not going to hear that from Jamani Williams or Kathy Hochul or the liberal media. So the good news is you've got a quote-unquote, I'm not a conservative, you've got a quote-unquote Republican, which I am, infiltrating the camp, and now we've got a voice. Now, whether or not that means anything real practical, I don't know. But I, I... I i like the opportunity to speak on our behalf. Why I have these same conversations over and over again, I don't understand how immature and stupid. Yes, I'm calling the listening audience stupid. Go ahead. Go crazy. Sid does. He calls us all stupid. Yes. If you put a message on my social media last night saying POS or whatever it may be, yeah, you're stupid.
5: That's right. I said it. Thank
4: you, Mr. Levin. God, I love him. I listened to him a little bit last night. He was terrific. He was great. We got a great show today, Lewis. Hit me. Well we're going to start with uh, Gordon Chang at six forty. The China virus.
5: <laughs> oh good, so we're going to start off with radiation coming across the globe. There That's you go. Good. It's great.
4: The COVID is back. And uh, even Joe Biden, I guess, is trying to figure out how to combat that. He's, he's uh, completely lost. We have great audio of Biden all day long today. So Gordon Chang will join us at 640. The judge, Andrew Napolitano, his weekly Thursday visit coming up at 740. The segment of the week, the ratings, the best ratings segment of the week on any show here on WABC. Bill O'Reilly with me at 840. That's coming up today. Joe Tacopina. Famous defense attorney, 925 today. And as I mentioned, Noel McGuire, part of the group that feeds the homeless every Wednesday night in New York City. Live in studio coming up at 9.05. And who knows who may show up? 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. Four or five great guests today. All you need to know from Kevin McCarthy... To Eric Adams, to Damar Hamlin, you get it all right here on the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. We are sitting friends in the morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We
3: must a hand. We are the world.
4: Nice, nice.
0: in the morning. 77 WABC.
4: Raised by Journey 623 on your Thursday morning back on Sid and Friends. So yesterday afternoon, I made my way back to the old neighborhood because I'm living in the city these days, back to the Upper West Side. And um, I had to take the shuttle from 42nd Street on the West Side to go to um, Grand Central on the East Side because I'm staying with the family on the East Side Hotel. So I'm on the shuttle, and there's a kid standing next to me. I mean, a big, strapping, handsome kid. And he looks over at me, and he goes, hey, man, are you Sid? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, I love your show. And he was listening to something in his ear. I said, what are you listening to right now? And he said, Carton and Roberts, the afternoon show at WFAN, Craig Carton, Evan Roberts. I said, okay. I said, so you're an FAN guy. And I said, um, you listen, what do you listen to in the morning? He said, you. I said, really? I said, you don't stick with the station all day? You don't go from Boomer and Geo to Tiki and Tierney? He said, no. He said, I listen to Craig and Evan in the afternoon and then you in the morning because I love your politics and I love when you talk sports. And I said, you know, the more young guys that tell me that they're really WFAN guys that come to listen to me That makes me feel like a million bucks. I love that. I love stealing audience from Boomer. So how old was he? I'd say he's probably 35. I mean, good-looking guy, great shape, 30, 35, young, young guy. Craig and Evan in the afternoon, Sid Rosenberg in the mornings. And then it occurred to me, he's listening to Craig and Evan go back and forth about Correa signing with the Mets. I said, wait a second. You're telling me this kid is listening to a back-and-forth discussion about the Mets' Probably DeMar Hamlin for the millionth time. God bless that young man. Whatever nonsense they talk about. Not that DeMar is, by the way. But the other nonsense they talk about on Sports Talk Radio. And you're going to tell me this kid listens to me talking about Kevin McCarthy? I'm like, how many people even know about Kevin McCarthy? I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time on this show today. And we have for three days talking about Kevin McCarthy. But how many people last night that were helping me feed the homeless or guys that listen to sports talk radio, how many people that are amongst us every day pay any attention? And the truth is, very little. Very little. I mean, let's be honest, Lou. If you if you ask your friends what's going on with Kevin McCarthy, they have no idea what you're talking about. Well, no idea.
5: Well, my we're in our 50s, so yeah. we, a lot of them kind and of to do
4: no. Oh, because they're old? Is that what it is? That's,
5: you really, that could be it, who are paying attention, who are looking at the paper, who are listen, listening to, you know, you, Yeah. or uh, I mean, I mean, I, I get up
4: every morning, and I'm like, oh my God, did Kevin McCarthy win? Like I used to do, I, I used to, you know, in the Mets or on the West Coast, playing the Dodgers or the Giants or the Padres, I'd fall asleep, and the first thing I would do was check to see if the Mets won. 718 937 6666. Did the Mets win? Oh, I thought you were calling sports phones. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I did that many times too. <laughs> many times.
5: <laughs> Rats, there was a day you couldn't find out late scores until you called sports phones. Exactly phone, right. Nothing.
4: Yeah, I, I called those numbers. I used to know the number by heart. I'd forgotten it. But now I wake up in the morning to see if Kevin McCarthy won. <laughs> he never wins.
5: You're an old man now.
4: I know. I know. It's disappointing. No, nobody outside but that knows young who kid that right is. now is yeah. listening to me right now, not Boomer. Whoever that young guy is, right now, he's listening to us. Shout out, Uh, hello, young guy. Hey, young, young, strapping (laughs) gentleman. So McCarthy did lose again. We've got, um, we got the lady, the lady that actually um, goes on and on about loss, 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 loss. Do we have that, Macedonia Phil? I don't think we do, do we? I know we got George Santos stuff. No,
5: uh, we. I thought we did have that. Yeah, I thought so too. Justin was playing. I
4: thought it it was in the open, actually. Well, you was. know what's really pissed off that is Kevin McCarthy keeps losing? Is uh, our old buddy over there talking about old Newt Gingrich. He's on Fox News every day yelling and screaming that the Republicans are embarrassing themselves. This is ridiculous. This is blackmail. Matt Gates blackmail. Lauren Boebert, blackmail. So we did it again yesterday on Fox News. Uh, Lou Rupino, this will be cut number 20. Newt Gingrich on Republicans blackmailing each
2: other. Remember, they're not really blackmailing McCarthy, Uh, they're blackmailing the conference. Uh, On the votes yesterday, they were losing 202 to 20. And in a healthy, free society, you'd figure a 202 to 20 vote tells you something. But this 20 has gotten together and decided that they can only blackmail the Republican conference, in effect, they're blackmailing the American people. Mm -hmm. Remember, we didn't get the vote yesterday. To repeal the 87,000 irs agents right we didn't get the announcement by mccarthy that there would be hearings on the border so democrats would be forced to go and look at the disaster uh, we did not get the kind of steps forward in organizing the china select committee to look at what the chinese are doing so just remember these blackmailers aren't just blackmailing the republican party they're blackmailing the whole country and their game i don't know what their end game is
4: so you know of course back on election day that We had success here in New York. Republicans flipped four seats. One of those George Santos has become as embarrassing as his Kevin McCarthy process. But the other three seem to be doing pretty well. Mark Molinaro, you've got uh, my friend out of Rockland County, Mike Lawler, and Anthony D'Esposito out of Long Island. But Mike Lawler has become a matinee idol, a rock star. In fact, this morning, Macedonia Bill is like, hey, can you get Lawler on the show? And I told him a couple of weeks ago, I did a book signing at a place called Joe and Joe Restaurant in Pearl River. My buddy Rocco, my buddy Steve, Joe, all those great guys. And Lawler, is uh, he works in Rockland County, and he said he was going to show up on a Saturday afternoon. And sure enough, Mike Lawler did show up. He's a man of his word. But you, Macedonia Phil, you, uh, you like love
6: Mike Lawler these days. You asked me to book him this morning. I think I like I like more the concept of bringing him on than I like him. Like I, I have nothing against him. I don't mean to say it. But what, what is him.
4: the other uh, great concept of Mike Lawler?
6: Well, Mike <laughs> Lawler is like the guy right now. What do you it's, mean? Like he's the guy? On, I, I think there, there's obviously the people that oppose McCarthy, like, you know, the Matt Gaetzes of the world. Like, right. He's like the big name. Lauren Boebert. Exactly. Yeah. They're the big names on the opposing side. But I think on Kevin McCarthy's side, he's like the number one guy right now. And Mike I keep, Lawler. I, I keep seeing him no everywhere.
4: No kidding. Well, you just heard Newt Gingrich talk about majority. If over 200 people vote yes, and 20 people vote no, in a true democracy, majority wins. And Kevin McCarthy, with 200-plus yays, should get the job. And Mike Lawler kind of said the same thing on Fox News yesterday. This, Lewis, is cut number 24, specifically Mike Lawler on the majority. So the bottom line here is this. They continue to move the goalposts.
7: They refuse to take yes for an answer when it comes to so many of the demands that they have made. Uh, and they're not negotiating in good faith. Kevin has, and that is why he has the overwhelming support of the conference.
4: Uh, Matt Gates as one of the detractors, and I brought up the gun-toting senator out of Colorado, Lauren Bulbert, and uh, she was at it again yesterday. She don't want no part of Kevin McCarthy, and uh, she actually brought up President Donald Trump. Now, Trump, to his credit, has come out the last couple of days and said, hey, guys, enough. Let's get this McCarthy thing done. So uh, kudos to uh, President Trump. But uh, Boebert wants Trump to do something else. This, Lewis is Lauren Boebert, cut number 14.
1: Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes, and it's time
8: to withdraw.
4: No, he's not going to do that. And finally, the biggest troublemaker of all, I think Lou and Philia both agree, is Chip Roy. Chip Roy goes out there every day and nominates somebody else. You may remember a couple of days ago, he nominated my friend out of the great state of Ohio, Jim Jordan. Yesterday, somebody else Chip Roy found a, uh, a guy I really like out of the great state of Florida, and he threw his name out there. Anybody but, basically, McCarthy. This would be uh, Lewis Chip Roy, cut number 17. Today
9: I'm rising to nominate Byron Donalds for Speaker of the House of Representatives. <laughs> Do you think that the American people support the status quo? Yes or no? Do you think that the American people want us to continue down the road of what we've been doing? Do they want us to continue to do the things since the leadership that's currently in place have been in place? Do you think they want us to continue down that path? And the argument that I would make is that they want a new face, new vision, new leadership, and I believe that face, vision, and new leadership is Byron Donalds, and I'm proud to put his (laughs) name into nomination.
6: Funny.
4: And I like Byron Donald a lot, don't get me wrong. But Chip Roy every day. Uh, Today will be me. Who knows? Today I nominate Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> what do you think, Lou? Huh? The,
5: the package is moving. <laughs> Rosenberg has been nominated. <laughs> uh, three cars up, please. Can we please get confirmation? Oh
4: my, my friend Lynn checks in. She goes, uh, how do you perform so perfectly on no sleep? Sean Hannity had Bobert on last night. It got pretty contentious. Not for that reason, but I'm not really a Hannity fan anymore. He's a douchebag. Well, you can't uh, talk about my friend Sean Hannity like that, can you? No, and he's got no sleep also, so (laughs) leave him alone. (laughs) Sean Hannity and Lauren Boebert, let's get some of that audio to see if uh, Lynn is right. Folks, traffic and sports and Gordon Chang all coming up next. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC mini-cast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from Cats at Night, talking with Nicole Maliotakis about how some Republicans in Congress despise Kevin McCarthy, to our point, and would rather see a Democrat, maybe Hakeem Jeffries, get the gavel.
1: Is it true that rumor that Matt Gates said he doesn't care if there would be a Democrat speaker? That is true. He did say that. And, and you know what? I, I There was a video that emerged of him talking with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on the House floor, which I think was very upsetting, uh, to a lot of wow. the members because, you know, we you know we shouldn't be, you know, negotiating here with socialists. And I think some members are here to govern, right? Some people are here to govern and other people uh, are, are are looking to, you know, in, in, in raise money, improve their name recognition, sell books, whatever it is. Um, but but they're not necessarily here uh, to do the job that they were actually elected to do.
0: This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Ah, 637. Almost 6.38, but 6.37 right
7: now on your Thursday morning. Here for uh, your first bottom-of-the-hour sports update of the morning. Justin Alec here. We'll start here on the hardwood. The Knicks, they edge out the San Antonio Spurs at the Garden by a score of 117-114. to 114. Knicks followed the Spurs just a week ago, but San Antonio head coach Greg Popovich, he was quick to point out pregame that point guard Jalen Brunson was inactive for that Knicks game, but he showed up in a big way last night, pouring in a career-high 38 points and we out to the Knicks' third straight win since that loss in San Antonio. And the Knicks will try and make it four straight. Uh, in uh, Toronto against the Raptors tomorrow night. As for the Nets, they fall 121-112 to to the Bulls in Chicago, ending a 12-game win streak that saw them skyrocket in the Eastern Conference standings, and they asked it in third place, I believe, despite Kevin Durant's 44 points last night. Chicago simply outplayed Brooklyn, finishing the night with six different players, scoring in double figures. Nets will try and get right back in the win column tomorrow night when they visit the Pelicans in New Orleans. And over on the ice, just one contest to get to last night. The Devils roll by the Red Wings in Detroit to the tune of a 5-1 victory. Doug Elham Dougie Hamilton, I should say, was uh, the one who opened up the scoring. And Nico Heischer, Alexander Holtz, and Jack Hughes also lit the lamp for New Jersey as they now get set to host the St. Louis Blues tonight for a 7 p.m. puck drop. Also tonight on the ice, you got the Rangers out in Montreal to take on the Habs at 7 p.m. And the Islanders are up in Edmonton, uh, up in Canada, I should say, as well, to face the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton at 9 p.m here with your bottom of the hour sports update thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers Pavilion Tankless Water. Here, just go to peerlessboilers.com paviliontankless.com for a deal and you they are America's best built of boilers and I'm Justin Ellick, here for your bottom of the hour sports update
0: this is sit in friends in the morning friends, how many of us have friends? 77 WABC
3: no disguising it it really comes as no surprise to find that you planned it all
4: along asia 643 on your thursday morning and the conversation now will turn to asia nobody better than gordon chang follow him on twitter gordon g chang it is a great great twitter follow and anytime something happens, not just Asia, Russia, really anywhere around the world, he's a guy that I go to. I think he's um, he's as good as it gets. So back for the first time in 2023 with me, Sid Rosenberg, is my friend Gordon Chang. Gordon, Happy New Year, buddy. How are you?
8: I'm fine. and Happy New Year to you, Sid. And thank you so much.
4: You're welcome, pal. Let's get right to the China situation. I know both The World Health Organization, I'm not a big fan of theirs. I think they embarrass themselves just like the CDC has throughout this whole COVID uh, deal. But for what it's worth, the WHO and Joe Biden, very critical over the last 18 to 24 hours on what they are saying. China underreporting what's really going on with the COVID situation in their country. What's the latest with that?
8: Well, China right now is suffering about 9,000 deaths a day, according to Airfinity, which is a leading British um, health researcher. And China's reporting maybe two or three deaths a day for the entire nation. So you can see the depths of the underreporting. But the thing that's really important is that for a very long time, Sid, up until about two days ago, uh, China was not providing sequencing data to the WHO or to the international community, which means that we could not figure out what's going on in China. We could not protect ourselves. This was nothing short of malicious on the part of the Chinese. And let's remember that in January 2020, these guys deliberately spread coronavirus beyond their borders. They're basically doing the same thing now. Unbelievable.
4: I know that um, what they're saying is that they have a very, a very narrow definition of a COVID death, Gordon, in China. And that basically, if you've had a respiratory issue and you succumb, then the Chinese government will label that as a COVID death. If not, like you're saying, 9,000 people could die, but they'll say only 20 died of COVID. That is their narrow definition. If we know that, how do let them get away with that?
8: Yeah, I mean, and we're letting the Chinese passengers into the United States. You know, it's only today does the testing requirement that the Biden administration imposed start to apply. And by the way, that requirement really doesn't protect us because somebody can go to a plane in China for the United States and all they have to do is show a negative COVID test within the last 48 hours of departure. Well, this thing is so transmissible in China that you can easily get it within 48 hours. Or you could still be within the incubation period. So we're going to have more COVID cases from China in the United States because our rules aren't strict enough.
4: I remember when uh, this thing really hit and Donald Trump stopped all the flights and they called him all kinds of horrible names, you know, prejudice and biased and racist and all those things. And none of that was true, of course. He actually saved a ton of lives. President Trump saved a ton of lives. I'm waiting for President Biden to do something, I don't want to say that radical, but something like that. You think he'll do that?
8: No, he won't do that. And, you know, talking about Biden, while he was a candidate, January 2020, when President Trump imposed the travel ban on arrivals from China, um, Biden said this was, quote, unquote, xenophobic. That's right. Well, no, it was protecting the American people. We've got and it's not just Biden. We've got a lot of people in Washington and New York, really smart people who just are absolutely opposed to protecting the United States from China. And Biden's in that camp. Um, This is really wrong. The American people deserve a president and we deserve a Congress and we deserve cabinet members who really think it's an important idea to protect the United States of America.
4: See, I know you're not a doctor, so you should talk to Dr. Mark Siegel or, or you know, uh, in the past, maybe even Dr. Oz about uh, just how virile this new COVID is. I mean, the, the conversation that I've had is that it's not nearly as serious and deadly as it was back in 2020, but nobody wants more of it here, I can tell you that. Uh, do you think that we're going to be in big trouble again here? I I'm not going to say 2020, but maybe somewhere in between.
8: Yeah, somewhere in between. You know, I can understand the argument of epidemiologists saying, well, COVID is already here, so what does it matter? Well, it matters because additional people will die. And in my book, the death of even one more American is completely unacceptable. And we know that China, you know, when they had this big COVID surge, which is the biggest viral outbreak in history, by the way, Sid, you don't have to be a doctor to know that, that when China was experiencing the biggest viral outbreak in history, they opened the doors. They refused to provide sequencing information. They complained about travel restrictions that we were imposing on China, which were the same restrictions that China's been imposing on us. So you put all that together and you got to say, this looks like another malicious spread. You don't need to be a doctor. You just need to not lose common sense.
4: Gordon Chang, the Chinese government announced just yesterday it's going to reopen its border with Hong Kong. That's coming up uh, next week, January the 8th, nearly three years after it was largely shut in an effort to contain the spread of COVID. So explain this to me. I'm meaning there's an outbreak of COVID. It's being underreported. but There's an outbreak. And now they decide to reopen the passage to Hong Kong.
8: How does that make sense? I don't know. I mean, from from an epidemiology point of view, it certainly doesn't make sense. But if you're China and you want to spread the misery, this makes a lot of sense. And that's really what China – that's what China did in 2020. You know, then it was really murder. It was clear. They lied about contagiousness. They knew this was highly transmissible human to human, but they were telling the world it was not. And then while they were locking down their own country, they were pressuring others not to impose lockdowns on arrivals from China. You put those two things together, Sid, that means that that 6.7 million um, deaths outside China, each of those is a murder. That means Xi Jinping's death toll, murder toll, is over 6 million.
4: Wow. Worse than Hitler. And uh, Putin, is. his numbers are going up every day, too, with this war between Ukraine and Russia. Now I'm reading Gordon Chang that Russia is about to sail hypersonic missiles into the Atlantic Ocean, not really to uh, intimidate the Ukrainians, but more to intimidate us. How does that happen?
8: Well, it happens because Biden's already been intimidated by Putin. You know, all Putin has to say is um, I'm going to launch nukes and Biden doesn't help Ukraine. I can understand why, but you got to remember that this war would never have occurred in Ukraine if Biden had just exercised common sense diplomacy. We are a far stronger power than Russia. So is the EU, 27 nations. So is Great Britain. You know, in 2021, these 29 nations that were allied against Russia had an economy 25.1 times larger than Russia's, and yet we failed to mm-hmm. stop Russia. We uh, failed to stop Russia because Putin thought Biden was feeble.
4: Well, uh, talking about guys that may not be feeble and are starting to feel their oats, let's go back to North Korea, a little guy Rocket Man there. I read that a North Korean drone entered the northern end of a no-fly zone around South Korea's presidential office in seoul so it looks like rocket man is being empowered again and i don't know about that that sounds kind of dangerous to me no gordon
8: Yeah, certainly dangerous because you can put an explosive on a small drone you know last week we had all of those incursions into the northern part of seoul incheon and surrounding areas and the south koreans couldn't shoot them down um i mean they they didn't want to try to shoot them down because they were over residential areas But nonetheless, South Korea doesn't have the ability to do that. So basically, this is an intimidation move on the part of Kim Jong-un and South Korea. Um, And it shows the South Korean military is not ready for prime time.
10: Wow. A
4: lot going on around the world, and uh, just now, this nine-minute conversation, Gordon, is exactly why most people, including me, consider you the best in the business. Thank you for all you did in 2022. Off to a great start in 2023. We will talk often, I'm sure. Thank you so much, Gordon Chang.
8: Well, thank you so much, Sid Rosenberg. I really appreciate it, and stay safe, because 2023 does not look good.
4: Wow. How about that? What a way to end this conversation. Gordon Chang. You heard it
8: right there, folks. Stay
4: safe, Sid Rosenberg, because 2023 does not look good. Wow.
2: January 5th. All right. It just started.
4: Just started.
2: <laughs> oh my God. I, I want to
4: go home. Here's some more Asia on a Thursday morning. Thank you, Gordon.
0: Is Sid and friends in the morning. Seventy seven WABC.
3: She packed my bags last night. We flight zero hour, nine AM, and I'm going to be
0: high as a kite by then.
3: Earth so much I miss my wife It's lonely out in space on such a time I flight and I think it's gonna Don't be
4: John. Rocket Man, this goes out to my guy in North Korea, it's Donald Trump. Rocket Man, that was great. Elton John, I'm going to miss Elton John. Is he dead? No, he didn't die, he retired uh, he's, he's
5: not going to go anywhere. <laughs> what do you think, he'll retire. He's going to be playing and like fighting. Well, but he's got to be like seventy-five years old now, right? G- he's going to be playing all over the country. Come on. Stop no, I thought it. he
4: retired last year.
5: He's so what? He's going to come. He's going to come back? back. Of course. Yeah. Rolling Stones retired four
4: times. That's true. You're right. <laughs> you know, talking about uh, concerts and coming back. I was showing you this, this text I got yesterday when uh, you missed Justin Ellick's Sports card. At about 5.45 this morning. It was my fault. It was my fault.
5: So, of course you remember that. Yes.
4: So I get a text from my dear friend Mike Sullivan, Mr. Breezy Point, Mr. Brennan and Carr, yesterday. And he's got the dates. Dates coming up for Bruce Springsteen shows. You guys know how much I love Bruce. And there's one specific show that I want to go to. And that is because my dear friend Jim Allen runs all of the Hard Rock Hotels around the world, including New Jersey and the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, on February the 7th, the Tuesday after the Super Bowl, Springsteen is performing there. And uh, Stephen Van Zandt, little Stevie, the uh, the big guy in that E Street band, he's going to fly me and Sully and a whole bunch of people down to Fort Lauderdale for one night to see Springsteen. So Mike asked me if I wanted to go, me and Danielle. I said, yeah, I mean, I'll do the radio show the next morning from the WQAM studios in Miami or the um, 940 studios in South Beach. It doesn't matter. I'll find a studio. I've worked down there for 16 years. But given the opportunity to fly down to Fort Lauderdale and catch Bruce at the Hard Rock, how great does that sound, Lewis?
5: No, I, I can't make it. I'll be busy that day. Push it. <laughs> Now, is this, did you say after the Super Bowl? It's after. It's the after. Okay. It's
4: Tuesday after the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Pretty cool deal, though. Well. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. yeah I have I to do it, right? Yeah. That's just going out to my friend, uh, Sydney's out there, <laughs> watching everything, man. Yeah. Give him some rainbow trout.
4: Damn right. I love my rainbow trout. And uh, talk about Mike Sullivan, his brother, Tom Sullivan, you know, of course, running for assembly in Queens. and. Got completely screwed by this Stacey Pfeiffer Amato. We've been over this story, me and also Curtis Sliwa, a long time now. Tom won that race. He legitimately won back in November. But they've taken out the last couple of months and cheated and cheated and cheated every day until finally they decided yesterday that Tom lost despite being up over 300 votes on election night. He lost by 15 votes. So congratulations to the crooked machine in the borough of Queens. Congratulations to that wretched Stacey Amato Pfeiffer, her mother, and that whole crew as they cheated their way to a win over an American hero, a great man and a dear friend, Thomas Sullivan. Hour number two on this Thursday morning coming back at you.
0: Sid and friends in the morning. From our friends. 77 WABC.
4: I just mentioned Bruce Springsteen. Turns out that Mike Sullivan and Stephen Van Zandt are in a car together right now, listening as they do every day, the great little Stevie, who's, um, maybe he didn't know, but for sure he does now. He's going to set me up with these concert tickets February 7th at the Hard Rock. But Macedonia Phil has uh, told us that 50 years ago today, this is unbelievable. 50 years ago today, Bruce's first album, Came out. Is that right, Lou Rafino? Well,
5: Phil clued me into that this morning. I, I didn't. But you can't trust him.
4: Against... I say stuff like that. But and but then why,
5: gonna... As we were just talking before, why no. would he make some things up like that. Because he he's, yeah, he's, a, a, he's a, a psycho. To be
6: fair, though, that is exactly something I would lie about. Right. Like, I, just, right. I, don't, I don't gain anything from it. Sometimes you know, I just right. lie to because he's right. funny. But
5: he, but he just came in yeah. volunteering information. When I ask him something, yeah. he totally lies. Right. No, yeah.
6: you're, you're right. So happens. this has to be
5: true. Justin can uh, sh- uh, confirm that. Yeah. like everything. Like, no, Oh, yeah, I, I took care of that uh, five minutes ago. And he never does. And he does. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So 50 years ago today was greetings from Asbury Park. Sure. All right. See? That sounds real. See, what do you mean you sure? Yeah, whatever. Audio Idola checks in the, uh, the great attorney, still one of my best friends. And, uh, he tells me that he's going to see Springsteen in Rome with Joe Tacopina, who's going to be live in studio coming up at 925 this morning. And then they're going to see Bruce together in that little city where Tacopina owns the soccer team. They actually won the championship in Ferrara. So Idala and Tacopino will see Springsteen twice in Italy, even though Idala's really a Rolling Stones guy. First, I'm not. I'm Bruce first. I'm you two second. Stones are in there somewhere in there. But anyway, and uh, Corey Zelnik checks in and he wants me to save him a seat. Lou, well, I would take you on the plane, but but
5: oh, here we come. The then line, um,
4: then what? Now, Thou- then Max Weinberg can't come and perform at the concert. Take his seat. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about okay. that? Well,
5: yeah. I, I could be his, uh, I'll be his masseuse. He's yeah. a back masseuse.
4: His band is great, too. They, they um, all have
5: back issues right now. Every so. one of them.
4: Right. Or, or, we, so do I. We're all so old. Do I. <laughs> I mean, stop. We're old men already at this point. Van Zandt looks great. He lost, like, 90 pounds. That's and good. he looks great. Good.
5: Yeah. Good for
4: him. Where does this uh, play the audio from last night with uh, me and Mayor Eric Adams out there on 34th Street after a beautiful dinner? Me, Danielle, Gabriel, and the mayor, just the four of us. And uh, much of the dinner, again, as I stated earlier, was Eric Adams talking to my son. Then we left Danielle and Gabe at the restaurant, and we ran out to uh, 34th and 7th, and there was 1,000 people there. I'm not kidding. It was just it was unbelievable, all these people that we fed last night. And uh, here's Eric Adams on my Instagram video talking about it and mentioning the fact, hey, here's Sid Rosenberg from WABC. Listen to those who
3: are uh, living on, on the street. The street. And also Sid, W.A.B.C. Radio, that's out here um, as well, doing our part. If if, if every New Yorker will do their part, we, we will get a lot done. You know, we all just have to do our part. That's the
4: goal. All do our part. That's the goal. On his left was a Republican, sometimes conservative, Sid Rosenberg on his right was a liberal with a capital L, Norman Siegel, and it didn't matter. We together handed out food to the homeless, and the more of the stuff like that that we do, the better. I mean, look, I don't live in la-la land. I get it. I'm still a very staunch Republican. I'm still a Trump supporter. For all the criticism I've levied at Donald Trump over the last month and a half, and all of it is deserved, every bit of it, I am still a Trump supporter. And if the election was today, I'd be voting for Donald Trump. You know, look, I, I I become friendly with the mayor, there's no doubt, because I want city first before my political bias. And if he's willing to accept me into his little circle, which he has, then I'm going to do it. But don't confuse the issue. I am a Republican. I mean, I don't vote for Democrats and uh, really can't see myself doing that, at least at this point, can't see it. What is uh, the latest on DeMar Hamlin, the defensive back of the Buffalo Bills. Is he? Imp- I think he's improving, right?
5: Well, according to family members, I forgot who it was. The uncle, the uncle
4: cousin, on Good Morning America. Yeah, yeah.
5: That he seems to be improving. He's
4: improving. Yeah, yeah.
5: And they're still trying to get him to breathe on his own.
4: He is not doing that yet. No. Hey, Alec, do you have any uh, real detail on the latest condition of Demar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills? Uh, no.
7: I mean, I think he's getting. You know, it's no. it's he's
4: moving pretty slow. You know, I'm, I mean... He, he's not moving at all. He's in a hospital. No, no, bedding. I know that. I know <laughs> oh, okay, that, but his yeah. recovery. But okay, his, right. uh, his yeah. GoFundMe <laughs> is now up to $7 million. $7 million. <laughs> so. This guy started a charity. It was a, like a Toys for Tots type of thing, you know. And his goal was to raise $2,500. Big time, Buffalo Bills, defensive back, second year out of Pittsburgh, over 90 tackles. His goal was to raise just 2500 and he couldn't even do that. He raised $1,100. Then he gets hurt in the most horrific and tragic fashion for the world to see in a huge game against the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football. And his charity goes from $1,100 to $7 million. And I keep mentioning the same name because I love him so dearly. And he's a colleague of ours on the air here every day at 3 o'clock. But one of the first guys to give money. And he gave thousands of to Hamlin's charity, Rudy Giuliani.
7: Yeah, it was very nice so.
4: He came up uh, during the dinner conversation last night with Adams. are oh, they going to meet? Very positive. Yeah, yeah, he's very positive. Very positive. Mm-hmm. But now with the injury to Hamlin, everybody is talking about football. Yesterday, for example, the former giant great and one of the stars on CBS's NFL Today, Bill Sims, joined me. And I saw his former Hall of Fame teammate, Harry Carson, was on CNN yesterday talking about the future of the NFL. Has the game become too violent? You know, guys, cardiac arrest and head injuries, and you know all this uh, protocol stuff for concussions. The quarterback for the Dolphins, Tua, he may have to retire. He's like twenty-five years old. I mean, the injuries are rough. But again, when you take a guy who's about six foot three, weighs about three hundred pounds, bench presses about five hundred pounds, squats about a thousand pounds, and have that guy run the forty and four four that guy hits you, you're basically hitting a brick wall. It's the same thing. So we know that every now and then there's going to be something very unfortunate, if not deadly, thank God, not in this case, like we saw Monday night with Hamlin. But that doesn't mean the sport needs to go. I mean, stop. God. Then you get people who know nothing about sports talking about it, and some still have the right answer. The president, Joe Biden, happens to be a pretty big sports enthusiast, I guess. If he even knows who's playing at this point, he um he was asked yesterday. <laughs> this is unbelievable. The press gaggle asked Joe Biden about Damar Hamlin and the you know how dangerous the NFL is. And in the end, he actually gave the right answer. But getting to it, <laughs> as usual, <laughs> it was so painful. It was exactly take a listen to this. This is the president Joe Biden on the safety in the NFL after the DeMar Hamlin incident with the Bills on Monday night, cut number four.
5: Dangerous?
11: No, look. The idea that you're going to have...
5: Come on, come on, Joe.
11: Come on. You got... Huh? what? Guys that are <laughs> 6'8". 6'8"? 340 pounds. Running uh, 4'8", 40. Okay,
7: okay. I mean, you know... Uh, I don't know, He hit somebody
2: with that kind of force. No, that's not what happened here. No, it didn't happen
7: here.
10: But I just think
7: it's, uh,
11: I don't know how you avoid it.
4: He was right. Big, strong guys moving very, very quickly, but how. I know. know, (laughs) Look, somebody
5: somebody got hit worse, man, than Hamlet. I think. I think it was. I
4: think it was Biden. (laughs) So then you get this uh, wretched wench, (laughs) Joy Behar, who is just the worst person God ever created on this uh, show, The View. God rest Barbara Walters' soul, but my God, what a bunch of swill she created! So this uh, Behar is talking yesterday about the percentage of Americans who believe tackle football should be legal, and believe it or not, she finds a way to add sexual preference, political rep- uh, preference, and color to her answer. You well, can't make this up. Well, that's this my is, way. You know, that's <laughs> how I, I do it. This is Joy Behar from The View, Lewis, cut number three.
1: So, so, 45% of Americans think that ta- tackle football is appropriate. Wow. Uh, is ha- heterosexual men yes. voted the most support for kids... Uh, <laughs> Doing football Mm -hmm. football. and conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying.
4: Just saying what, idiot? (laughs) What are you saying, you stupid idiot? Now
5: I also have a report now, spike haired children with purple sideburns are seventy-two percent more likely to get injured because of the reflection of the sunlight in their head. I'm just saying.
4: Does she have any idea how popular the National Football League is? Have any idea she have any idea what she's talking about? The NFL is a money-making machine. And I guess according to her, gay people, this is racist, by the way, or homophobic. (laughs) Gay people don't really enjoy the National Football League. This is according to Joy Behar. So one of these uh, sports guys on TV is a guy named Skip Bayless. And uh, Skip is one of those contrarians who makes millions of dollars Uh, Once read, he makes as much as $8 million a year at ESPN to act like a complete jackass. He's an adult, and he sits there, and he goes back and forth about the most banal topics you could ever imagine in sports, and uh, for some reason, people, they seem to like it. So Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith had that show on ESPN. I guess Bayless was there with Stephen A. Smith way back when, too. But Fox started the show, and Skip Bayless... And former Baltimore Raven, Denver Bronco, Hall of Fame tight end, Shannon Sharp, who's not exactly a linguist, mind you. These two go back and forth, these two Mensa members, about sports every day. So Bayless ends up tweeting on Monday night, hey, I know the kid is hurt, but we got to play the game. This is a big game. The Bills are the one seed. The Bengals are the three seed. We got to play the game. He couldn't give a rat's ass that this kid was literally dead on the field. And when I say dead, in medical terms, DeMar Hamlin has now died twice. He's been resuscitated twice. Skip Bayless couldn't give a rat's ass. He wanted to play the game. So he's been getting destroyed, deservedly so, including Phil Simms on this show yesterday, for taking that stance publicly. Now he came back and apologized, but who cares? Apologized. At this point, if O.J. Simpson apologized, you okay with that?
5: Well, I, 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 I do apologize. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how the knife got there. I mean, that's that. what is that, RNA they use? They use RNA, they use DNA. I, I'm sorry. So
4: he apologizes, uh, Skip Bayless, and he expects it to go away. But then the guy he works with every day, the Hall of Fame tight end, Shannon Sharp, who's part of that NFL fraternity, he was horrified by Skip Bayless's comments, and didn't even come to work the day after the game Tuesday. They said he had a day off. I don't know if that's true. I think he was just furious. But he did get back to work yesterday, and this is really good audio. This is Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, courtesy of Fox. It's about 70 seconds long, going back and forth on the Hamlin situation. This is cut number two.
12: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation of why I wasn't on air yesterday, and I won't get into speculation or conjecture or innuendo, but I will say this. In watching that game on Monday night, uh, what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck me a little different. Um, as a brotherhood in the NFL, when injuries happened, when we know injuries are a part of the game, I've seen guys suffer ACLs and Achilles tear, but I've never seen anybody have to be revived and fight for their life on the field. So it struck me a little differently because I remember seeing my brother paralyzed on the field temporarily and he was able to regain focus. Um, Skip tweeted something, and although I disagree with the tweet, uh, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Skip would take it down, but I didn't want it. Well, yesterday. time out, time out. I'm not going to take it down because okay. I stand by oh. what I tweeted. Skip, let me okay. finish. Let me. All right, okay. Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. Let's go, Jen. Okay. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting okay. me. Wow. You could have came back Skip. Well, I thought Skip just let. Me. I, 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 didn't know I, I you were going to bring say, no, up No, this. I was just going to say Skip, I didn't want to yesterday to get into a situation where DeMar Hamlin was the issue. We should have been talking about him and not get into okay. your not get into your t- uh, your tweet. That's what I was going to do. But you can't even let me finish my opening monologue oh. without you interrupting. Okay.
11: I was under the impression you weren't going to bring this up because nobody here had a problem with no, that tweet. No.
12: Clearly, the bosses wanted you to offer explanations so clearly. Somebody no they did problem. not have the, nobody. let's went. go Jim.: yeah.
1: Thoughts and prayers remain with DeMar Hamlin. That's
12: Gentleman. where the focus Certainly should have been and continues. not on the football game. Yes, let's go, Jim. Thank you. Wow. That, I oh. didn't realize it was that I, I, that's the first time
4: I heard that. That was really contentious. Oh, what well, do you think? You won't shut up and let me finish. <laughs> wow. Oh. wow! Good for uh, Shannon Sharp Good for him Shannon very sharp Yes Whoa. very Whoa. sharp Skip Bayless He took a beating From Shannon Sharp yesterday Anyway lots more to come Bill O'Reilly's morning message is coming up next Then we'll talk to the judge Andrew Napolitano, he's here every Thursday, 8.25, Lydia Serrani, Lydia Reports, 8.40, the rating segment winner of the week on WABC, Bill O'Reilly, 9.25, defense attorney Joe Tacopina, lots more stories and lots more news. Sitting friends on a Thursday morning, only right here with Bruce Springsteen, my man listening right now, little Stevie, Steven Van Sant, Talk Radio 77.
13: Granger, for the ones who get it done.
12: Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the
11: O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, I want to congratulate Lake Superior State University in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, for again putting out words that should never be uttered by Americans. They are clichés. They are annoying. They are like fingernails on a blackboard to use a cliché. This year, Lake Superior State has banished these words. GOAT, greatest of all time. Yes, we've heard enough about GOAT. Gaslighting, a dangerous psychological manipulation that causes victims to distrust their own thoughts. Gaslighting, it's a cliche, it's annoying, but most people don't use it. It's used on television news. Moving forward, yes, overused. Amazing, stop with the amazing. Everything is not amazing. Does that make sense? I'm not really that offended by does that make sense. I am offended by absolutely being used every 10 seconds. Let's stop that. And finally, it is what it is, please, in the name of God, please, no more, it is what it is. But anyway, the reason that cliches should not be used is because it shows people you are not thinking about what you are saying. You are falling back on common lexicon. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on.
0: 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. I see
3: all good people turn their heads each day, so satisfied I'm on my way. I see all good people turn their heads each day, so satisfied I'm on my way. Well, the New York
4: Post does a very good job today of pointing out something that I think we all have to pay attention to, and that is for the political junkies out there, and you're listening to me, you must be a political junkie. We're all caught up in this Kevin McCarthy battle going on as he tries once again to be the speaker. He's now 0 for 6. I mean, it ain't going to happen. And uh, despite uh, President Trump and Mike Lawler and Newt Gingrich and big names supporting Kevin, He's got the people against him, the Lauren Boeberts, Matt Gates, Chip Roy, and others. While well, this fight is going on on the Hill, let's not lose, let's not confuse the issue, which is, as the Post points out, while pointless speaker fight drags on, Biden's border is still wide open, wide open like a prostitute's legs. Okay, good. Good analogy. It was perfect. I think Tucker Carlson said that last night. Yeah, I think night. he did. Well. Let me bring this point up. <laughs> Can
5: I ask a dumb question? I was sure. asking. Like, Nothing, how,
4: there's never a dumb question. No, there are. No, of dumb not, questions. No. Let okay. me hear it. Uh,
5: why did you wear that? No, I'm just kidding. That is a
4: dumb question. Yes, yeah. dumb.
5: Yeah. What, at what point is this over? Isn't there a limit to how many times you could uh, that, vote?
4: That's not a dumb question, <laughs> I, no, and okay. I don't know the answer, and that's why I can't wait to talk to Bill O'Reilly at eight forty because I know he was on with cats on Monday or something, but he he is able to break this down. Like the telestrator, like John Madden doing a football game on a Sunday—that's how good he is. And he goes whap
5: over here, right?
4: Whip, whip, bah, 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 bah. Yep. Yeah. So that's a good question, not a dumb question. Just,
5: I've never seen this like before. Ne- well, it's done. never happened before. Like, this guess, is unprecedented. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I'll
4: ask that question. It's a very good one. But the real crisis is still the border. So the uh, the imbecile in charge. Oh. Fine. <laughs> what, what was what? Today? Don't worry about it. God.
5: My, Fine. The You're radio. You can't part. just do that,
4: sis. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm if getting regain, old. What am I going to do? Regain yourself. Don't, don't conf- because I look great and I'm in great shape doesn't mean I don't burp, flatulate, do all those things. And now at the age of almost 56, I can't even control it. I'm walking down the street yesterday and it was like <laughs> July okay, yeah, 4th. I'm right, like, what okay. is going on? My body so Biden, um, at the press gaggle yesterday, talking about old guys who fought and don't even know they did it, he, um, he says he's going to visit the border. I think he said he's already been to the border. Well, that's a lie. Now he says, again, he's going to visit the border. Now, why would he do that? Isn't his vice president, Kamala Harris, doing such a great job as the borders are? <laughs> Here is uh, Joe Biden-Lewis. This is cut number five. Are you going to be
3: within the border
1: when you head down to, to Mexico?
4: That's my intention. We're working out the details now. <laughs> that's my intention. Oh, wouldn't you love to be a
5: reporter and ask questions of him?
4: But... I, well, that's why you got to love Peter Ducey. He's all we've got. Peter Ducey is the one guy who shows up at these White House press meetings with this other Mensa, Corinne Jean Pierre, and he just beats the living daylights out of Biden. But unlike Jim Acosta, CNN, who did it to Donald Trump, Jim was so classless. He really was. Ducey, to his credit, of course, he's the son of Steve Ducey, who sits alongside my friend Brian Kilmeade and Ainsley Earhart every morning on Fox & Friends. Peter Ducey is actually a classy guy and a smart guy. But he's way smarter than anybody else there, including the president. He wins every time he goes at him. So he's on uh, Fox News yesterday, Peter, talking about Biden's plans to visit the border. If he's been to the border, this is uh, Peter Ducey Lewis, cut number eight
9: this is brand new after the president went to his infrastructure event in kentucky he talked to some reporters under the wing of air force one somebody asked him about a wall street journal item today uh, if he is planning to go to the southern border next week and he said that is his intention but the details are being ironed out remember it has been less than a month since i asked the president on his way to arizona why it is he goes to border states and not visit the border and he said at the time. Because there are more important things going on at the time, he right. considered a more important thing a mm. uh, talk about a big investment that the government was making mm. in a chips factory.
4: <laughs> I mean, you've got drug dealers coming in, terrorists coming in, fentanyl coming in by the by the pounds every day, killing our young Americans. And Biden did say to Peter Ducey about a month ago, I've got more important stuff to do. And I guess Biden, like I guess he's told people he's been to the border. But Peter Ducey has no record of that. Here is Peter Ducey courtesy of Fox News, cut number nine.
9: And it's worth pointing out that there is no record of President Biden ever visiting the southern border. (laughs) White House officials point to a 2008 trip where he landed in El Paso, Texas, and then passed some border wall on his way to a fundraiser in Las Cruces, New Mexico. But that's it. He has never done the kind of tour uh, that you see many lawmakers doing.
4: One more from Peter Ducey. So if you think Joe Biden is not all worked up and crazy about this border situation because he comes off very calm, don't worry, it's fine, Majorcus has it under control, Kamala's got it under control, I'm going any day now. Don't kid yourself. Peter Ducey says the real Joe Biden loses sleep at night. This is Peter Ducey, cut number 11.
9: There was also some reporting within the last week or 10 days, that behind the scenes, President Biden has been so worked up about the the bad situation, really, at the border, that he's been using a lot of profanity and then apologizing <laughs> to female staffers that are in his oh presence when he is expressing <laughs> himself with four-letter words about The border, and so this has obviously built up, and this does represent a big change from a Biden administration that said we can manage things from here to an administration that says we have to send the whole presidential package down to take a look. So,
4: thank you, Pete. So, according to Pete, Joe Biden is using the upward. I'm
5: wishing you luck, (laughs) luck. I went, you you, you look, you're so luck there. Take a hit. Oh
4: God. What a mess. I mean, seriously, the Republicans can't find their ass with their elbow. The Democrats are destroying this country. And uh, for some reason, people think talking about the Mets are more, is more entertaining. I don't know. So Thank you for that. Judge Napolitano is coming up next. Bill O'Reilly at 840. Liddy reports at 825. Joe Tacopina, 925.
0: Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
4: Zelina, I was um, going to the gym yesterday before my big dinner with Eric Adams and with my wife and son and, of course, feeding the homeless last night. And I had uh, one of these, was it Pandora? One of these things on, I don't know. And Richard Marks came on. And I was reminded how much, I know we had these conversations before, Lou, but how much I used to really like Richard Marks. It was like five songs. I love them all. What was uh, the the big one he did? I confused him a lot with Paul Young back then. Remember Paul Young?
5: Yes. Of course I remember Paul Young. He used to hang out and smoke.
4: Is that right? No, <laughs> but Richard Marx was uh, one of my favorites. Don't
5: mean nothing. That's all I remember. Oh,
4: don't mean nothing. Nah, that wasn't one of the uh, the ones. Yeah, there's,
5: a, there's. I'm not a Richard Marx.
4: You're a, not a bit, Richard Marx guy, right? His big
5: yeah. thing was writing songs for other people. I think.
4: Too. Like who? Anybody? Uh, any big ones?
5: Again, I I fail to
4: uh, okay uh, the grounds of right. which
5: incri- it'll discriminate me. All right,
4: maybe Judge Napolitano knows. He I don't might. know. Yeah, we uh, we got a great Thursday lineup. Bill O'Reilly joins us eight forty every Thursday. That is the biggest. Waiting segment of the week, any time, any show on ABC. And then we're very fortunate to have this guy, the judge, Napolitano, 740 every Thursday. So I find this out, that uh, starting, I may have started already, I have to uh, check the dates here. Judge Napolitano does a live show. And it's called Judge Andrew Napolitano, Why is the Government in My Soup? And it starts Monday, January the 9th through Monday, Feb 13, Mondays at 730 at Theater 555, which is at 555 West 42nd Street. So you get a night with the judge, and he discusses everything from President Trump to Kanye West to New York City, all those things. That, to me, Judge, sounds like a great night.
14: It. I can't wait for it to start. Thank you very much for mentioning it, and good morning, and a belated Happy New Year to you, and I'm glad we're back on our regular Thursday mornings, which I love uh, and adore, and thank you for uh, mentioning it. So, it's about uh, 65 or 70 minutes of me explaining legal issues, peppered uh, with a lot of comedy. I hope people find it funny. And stories about some of the characters I've uh, ever met. One of the biggest characters I've ever met is on your show in another hour, the man, the myth, the legend, Bill O'Reilly. So I'm actually (laughs) going to tell some Bill O'Reilly stories throughout, (laughs) along with Donald Trump and Glenn Beck and Roger Ailes. Uh, and the characters that uh, I've met in my uh, television work. Well,
4: that sounds amazing. I'm going to go see it. I'm excited about it. One of the things that you do discuss. And again, you just heard me say I had dinner with the mayor last night. We've dined a couple of times together. We've gotten close. We discussed some of the issues here in the city. I have that Republican voice, which he doesn't hear often. It's coming from me. But we did discuss the homeless issue. And in your points about the five things you discuss, the homeless issue in New York City is in there. What are your thoughts on that? What will you say at the theater come Monday nights?
14: Let me start by congratulating you on... These public dinners with uh, with Eric Adams. I know some of the people listening to us now have a low opinion of him and have been critical of you. I praise you for this. Thank you. you know, one of the smartest people I ever knew was my boss for 24 years at Fox, Roger Ailes, who said to me, you have to have friends on the other side of the aisle. One day I'm sitting outside of Ailes' office, and who walks out of the office having spent some time in there with him? Rachel Maddow. Now, can no. you imagine two no. more opposite? Well, listen, now, hey,
4: Judge, now that you say Rachel Maddow, i got to tell you, and I'm sorry if my friends will be upset, but Sean Hannity, for example, he speaks to Al Sharpton all the time, all the yes. time. And you got guys like Mark Levin who loves Stephen A. Smith. So the idea that Republicans yes. and conservatives stay away from liberals is just not true.
14: It's crazy, and uh, I listened to your uh, talk with my former radio buddy, a person, one of the most talented people I know, yesterday, Brian Kilmeade, and he agreed with this already. You have to have friends on the other side, and people need to understand that, and you are doing a positive good when you meet with the mayor. I wish I could meet with the mayor, and if I could on this homeless issue, I would say to him, they have the same – kind. And your audience might not want to hear this, but this is what the law is. They have the same constitutional rights as everybody else. You cannot be arrested just because you're homeless. Being homeless is not a crime. They have the same due process rights as everybody else. The police can't say, hmm, I think you're homeless. I think you're crazy. We're going to lock you up. They can't do that. That's why we have a amendment to guarantee due process.
4: I do want to get to the Kevin McCarthy stuff in the country in general, so I'm going to ask you to do me a huge favor, Judge. Hop on hold for about two minutes. Let us make a couple of bucks and come back with you. Are you good with that? You got it. All right, Judge Napolitano back on the other side. Check out that show Monday night starting January the 9th, live on Broadway, West 42nd Street. We'll come back and discuss the embarrassment that's become the GOP, my party. Judge Napolitano coming right back right after this
0: this is sid and friends in the morning
13: 77 wabc so again his number continues to drop may end up under 200 tomorrow we're not trying to dictate terms we represent our constituents look part of the group think of washington dc is you come here and you've just got to give the lobbyists your vote card and the leadership your calendar and everything will be okay Kevin McCarthy has no ideology. Even his own supporters would admit that in private. He is simply a vessel through which lobbyists and special interests operate. So it's not that we're not being team players, it's just that my team are the people in Florida who sent me here to fight for them. My team is not the assembly of groupthink that occurs inside the swamp. We gotta drain this swamp. We shouldn't put one of the alligators in charge. Matt
4: Gaetz should put one of the alligators in charge, and 0 for 6 now, three consecutive losses. Kevin McCarthy can't get to 218, and the Democrats are laughing at us. Judge Napolitano is back. Again, check out his show. Starts Monday night, January 9th, on Broadway, 555 West 42nd Street. He's with me every Thursday at 740. Judge, GOP leadership right now in complete shambles. I can tell you, MSNBC, CNN, they are making fun of the Republicans every morning. And guess what? We've given them ammunition, your thoughts on this McCarthy disaster.
14: Well, I may be the skunk at the Garden Party here, uh, Sid. I don't know. But I strongly support the conservative band that is trying to elect a speaker other than Kevin McCarthy. Really? The The Republican Party has become democrat light, And it's about time that it stood for its basic principles of limited government maximum individual liberty, no uh, wars unless we're actually seriously threatened and a balanced budget. Kevin McCarthy and the leadership of the Republican Party doesn't stand for those things. You know who does stand for them? Donald Trump. But Trump, because he wants to come back as president, is supporting McCarthy. I believe Trump in his heart is far closer to the quote that you just ran from Matt Gates, which epitomizes what the Republican Party should be, not what the Republican Party in Congress has become. It's a painful process, but if Kevin McCarthy is a serious Republican who cares about the country, he'll step aside and let them pick a true conservative-slash-libertarian to lead the party against Joe Biden and against the Democrats in the Senate.
4: So interesting. And uh, Chip Roy is out there every day throwing out names.
14: Absolutely. I mean, sorry to cut you off. Chip Roy is absolutely fabulous. I know Chip. (laughs) He's an ex-federal prosecutor. The speeches he's been giving on the floor of the House are so good. He should. I know he doesn't want this, and they don't want me to he should be the next speaker.
4: No, I like him, too, when he's thrown out the names of my friend from Ohio, Jim Jordan, Byron Donalds out of Florida yesterday. You know, Lou Rapino had a great question. I don't have the answer because I'm a, basically a sports guy turned political guy. But you'll know this. He's now lost three straight times. He's like over for 6. Is there a number of losses that Kevin McCarthy has to suffer till he automatically can't continue to run?
14: Sorry, the answer is no. This could go on for, for, for weeks or months if neither side uh, backs down. I think his numbers will begin to go down uh, as the consensus builds that the humiliation is too great to bear. <laughs> and not only is the humiliation, these people aren't even sworn in yet. The House of Representatives can't do a damn thing. They can't hire a janitor. Uh, until they have a speaker under the law. So they know that this bubble has to wow. burst sooner or later. But my hat is off to Matt Gates. I know sometimes he's out there, but the quote that you just ran from him epitomizes what's wrong with the Republican Party today. He gets it. Those 20 others get it. That number of people who get it in the House is going to start to grow in about Three hours. Okay,
4: let's, uh, let's see what happens, because right now you're staring at a possibility where a Democrat, Hakeem Jeffries, takes over that position. And whether you like Kevin McCarthy or not, he may not be the best Republican candidate out there, but you can't allow that to happen, can you?
14: Well, yesterday on my podcast, Judging Freedom, I had Andy Biggs on. Andy Biggs is the congressman from Arizona who started this opposition uh, to Kevin McCarthy. And I said, is it conceivable that any Democrats would vote for Kevin? Answer, no. Is it conceivable that any Republicans would vote for Hakeem Jeffries? I have to like Hakeem Jeffries just because he's a nice guy, he's an intelligent guy. As we were saying earlier, it's good to have friends on the other side. Will any Republican vote for Hakeem Jeffries? He said, absolutely not, it's inconceivable. This is ours to choose. The Democrats will have no say in it whatsoever, nor would we make Hakeem Jeffries the speaker.
4: That's good to hear, because that would be a bit too much for me to handle. I'm not as big a Hakeem Jeffries fan as you are, going back to the day when he started singing Biggie Smalls hypnotized on the Congress floor. (laughs) (laughs) That's a true story, by the way, Judge. Uh, (laughs) Your latest column, A Government That Assaults Liberty. Tell the listeners a bit about that.
14: You know, uh, the FBI bought this software called Zero Click, which allows them to seize the contents of your cell phone and your desktop without a search warrant. Joe Biden found out about it. He ordered them not to use it. They packed it into a warehouse in New Jersey. The Commerce Department um, suspended the license of the Israeli company that uh, sends the stuff over here the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, went out and bought the same thing under a different trade name made by a different Israeli company. Why didn't Joe Biden just say no spying on America without search warrants? That's what the Fourth Amendment says. When the Congress learned about this, two liberal Democrats, really liberal Democrats, guys you don't like, Adam Schiff, Ron Wyden on this issue said there should be no spying on Americans without search warrants. The rest of the Congress wouldn't go along with it. Why? Because the intelligence community has dirt on Joe Biden and dirt on members of Congress. And and the Congress is afraid to tell the intelligence community, dial it back. Why do we have a Fourth Amendment? Why do they swear allegiance to it? Everybody takes the same oath I took when I became a judge in New Jersey. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution if they 're not going to do so. That that's is what a, I wrote about uh, that 's great it 's not exactly a happy New year <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, listen, I hate to say it, but on a serious note i 'm a very positive guy inflation, recession right around the corner. These wars are still going on. The Chinese, the COVID situation is getting worse. Russia is firing hypersonic missiles into the ocean. North Korea sent a drone to South Korea. So when you start looking for really good stuff outside the Giants making the playoffs, I can't find a heck of a lot, Judge.
14: You're right. You're right. Well, I'm happy about the Giants. I'm praying for this kid. Uh, on the uh, on the bills, uh, on yeah, the, yeah,
4: uh, yeah.
14: Horrible tragedy. It was. Uh, yeah. but life, life has to go on. The games have to go on. Uh, life has to go on, and hopefully this kid will make it through.
4: Well said. As always, Judge Napolitano and, and excellent
14: appearance. So thank you. Uh, thank you, my man. All the best. Until next Thursday. God love you.
4: You too, Judge Napolitano Check him out Monday night, starting January the 9th five fifty-five West Forty-second Street. A live hour with the judge. He's terrific. Still to come, yes, out of Rockland County, Macedonia Bill is celebrating right now. Mike Lawler will join us next. Lydia Saranai, Bill O'Reilly, Joe Takapina, all still to come. Only halfway through the Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning, here comes Jeff Valentine with the news.
0: is sit-in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative.
3: Oh, you're my best friend.
0: 77 WABC.
3: Initiative with those How who are, are living on the street. Numbers are yeah. impressive. And also Sid WABC Radio that's out here um, as well doing our part. If, if, if every New Yorker will do,
4: part another great song 50 years ago today greetings from Asbury Park Bruce Springsteen's first ever album came out 50 years ago today and I'm going to Fort Lauderdale Florida February 7th to check out Bruce at the Hard Rock Hotel with Steven Van Zandt and a bunch of folks Last night, that was Eric Adams. The audio you heard uh, had a beautiful dinner. Me, my beautiful wife, Danielle, my son, Gabriel, and the mayor, just the four of us. And my 14-year-old son had the chance to pick the mayor's brain. It was great. Eric was great with my son. And then I joined the mayor afterwards, feeding the homeless on 34th Street. And it was amazing. I mean, it really was. Tons of people, tables and tables of food, hundreds of homeless So appreciative, so thankful. I want to thank a bunch of cops last night. Eddie Vargas, Andre Kaye, and Detective Kenya Arnett. Wayne Schneider from the PCNY. Ali Ahmed, he provides the brain food, the smart kitchen. Noel McGuire, they call him Big Noel, he'll join me live in studio coming up at 9.05. He started this thing. Years and years ago, it's every Wednesday night in New York City, Josh Aria, they call him Batman, Deanna McElroy from Higher High, and uh, two lovely ladies, Eleonora Srugo and Gigi Nunez, who were there last night as well. Thank you all for your help. It was a great time, and I'll do it again when the mayor asks. All right, so early this morning, Macedonia Bill says to me, you got to get Mike Lawler on. I go, I like Lawler. In fact, I did a book signing at Joe and Joe Restaurant in Pearl River a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday morning for my guys Rocco, Joe, and Steve. And Mike Lawler showed up. He said he would. He's a man of his word. But according to you, Macedonia Phil, in these Kevin McCarthy hearings for the pro McCarthy side, you believe Mike Lawler has become the guy.
6: Yeah, I think he's definitely the guy. He's the one that's his face is everywhere now. He's the one that's talking on Fox News. Uh, he's, he's the one that you see his name in the paper, so he's the guy. He's the guy. How about that?
4: Rockland County's own. He must be the guy because Matt Gates went after him yesterday. Let's play this, then we'll get to Lawler. He's on hold right now. This is uh, Gates responding to Mike Lawler. Cut number 30, Lurafino.
13: I think the world of Mike Lawler, he's a terrific representative and he's going to do a great job for the people of New York, but I wouldn't exactly call this like insurmountable chaos. Keep in mind, Trace, I mean, there are days in the United States Congress where the only vote that happens is to rename one post office. So <laughs> if we could do that for a day, if there are days where all we vote on are how we are going to take the next vote, then maybe taking two or three days or several weeks to select the person who is second in line to the presidency is worth our debate and deliberation. And after that, absolutely, we will come together. I have every confidence that we'll be able to come together and we'll actually be an effective fighting force if we're able to get rid of Kevin McCarthy and get somebody like a Jim Jordan, a Byron Donalds in that speaker's chair.
4: So here he is, uh, the king of Rockland County, who Gates did mention there, one of the four Republicans who actually flipped a seat. Yes, George Santos was one of those guys. My friend, Mike Lawler. Mike, you heard it. Matt Gates gave you a nice compliment, but then basically said your McCarthy pick sucks. What are your thoughts on uh, what Matt Gates said and basically the chaos that's going on in Washington right now?
15: Well, you know, Sid, I appreciate you having me on. The, the, the problem here is that we had months of discussion. Uh, we had our conference vote back in November. And the overwhelming majority of the conference, 85%, in fact, uh, voted to support Kevin McCarthy as our choice for speaker. And the Freedom Caucus, including Matt, held out for months. And they kept demanding and demanding and demanding different changes to the rules package, uh, issues with respect to budgeting, uh, seats on committees, uh, legislation on the floor, And they kept moving the goalposts, and no matter how much Kevin negotiated in good faith with these folks, uh, they could not take yes for an answer. And as far as I'm concerned, there are over 200 of us who support Kevin within the conference. Over 90% of the conference has voted for Kevin on the floor for speaker. You cannot allow a handful of members to dictate to the rest of the conference uh, what it is going to be and expect to have a conference. People need to work together, there is no question, and you need to be able to trust each other. But you can't do that when you have a handful of members who refuse to negotiate in good faith and believe that they and only they have the right to dictate what it's gonna be for the rest of the conference.
4: It you know, but, they, but 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 they, but in that essence that they are doing that, Mike, because you know, you would think a majority two hundred to twenty would be an easy win, but in this case the rules are set. He needs two eighteen, not
15: two oh two. So they aren't dictating he, he the terms, really. He needs a majority. He needs a majority of those uh, that are present to vote. And he, here's the bottom line: uh, Kevin is continuing to negotiate in good faith. Uh, there, there were a number of discussions last night. Uh, the conversations continue. I believe, when all is said and done, uh, Kevin McCarthy will be the Speaker of the House. Now,
4: why do you believe that? Uh, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to make that happen? That hasn't happened the last six times.
15: here's here's the thing. The 200 of us are not moving. So at the end of the day, uh, the only people who are holding this up and the only people who are stopping us from advancing our agenda, uh, stopping us from securing our southern border, stopping us from reining in the wasteful government spending of the Biden administration, stopping us from Uh, allowing Jim Jordan to move forward with his oversight investigations, are the members of the Freedom Caucus that refuse to support Kevin McCarthy for speaker. You cannot allow the conference to be held hostage because if that happens, if, if let's say Kevin fails here, and let's say he drops out and another person comes forward, you will have given these folks the ability to dictate as a small minority, what the rest of the conference will do. And you won't have a conference then. Mm. And it will have squandered the majority and the mandate that we were given by the American people. The American people don't care about the, the rules of the house. What they care about is the legislation that we are putting forward and what we are doing to address the challenges they are facing as citizens of our country, When you look at the fact that under one party rule with the Democrats, we are experiencing a 41 year record high on inflation, surging crime, skyrocketing energy costs, a porous southern border with not only a massive inflow of illegal immigration, but fentanyl pouring into our communities, killing 300 Americans a day. Do you really think some of the petty grievances that have been raised by some of these folks are of the utmost importance? I don't.
4: No, and I don't I think, either. I don't either, but they are what they are. It doesn't matter what I think or what you think. If, if Matt Gates is not going to move, if Lauren Boebert is not going to move, if Chip Roy is going to nominate somebody else every day, whether it's Jordan or Byron Donalds, while but all you're saying Chip makes Roy a ton of Chip sense, Roy Mike. They're not moving. Part,
15: Chip Roy has been part of these conversations, and, 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 and I believe many of them are, are going to move. But the no, bottom okay. line for, for, for me is you've you got to be able to work together. You've got to trust each other. You can only have that trust if people are willing to work in good faith. And unfortunately, you know, so far, it seems that Matt and Lauren uh, and a handful of others are not doing that. And they're just part of this never Kevin crowd. Uh, and, and it's frankly, it's irrational. Uh, it doesn't make much sense to, to most of us. Um, and so you know, it, it, is, it is what it is with some of them, um, and that's their choice. Uh, but we have a job to do. We have a job to do. And I, for one, and, and, and here's the other aspect of this. Let's put it in these terms. Okay, the Freedom Caucus gets their scalp here and Kevin McCarthy fails. And let's say some compromise candidate comes forward. Well, guess what? There's 18 of us in Biden districts. Districts Joe Biden won in 2020. Do you think that the reverse is not then going to be true Mm -hmm. when they start wanting to push stuff. Right. Right. So this is, you know, this, this is a very dangerous game that they are playing. You need somebody who can deal with the broad spectrum of the conference. Uh, And this is what happens when you're in a majority, you actually have responsibility to govern. You know, frankly, it seems like some of them would be would rather be in the minority and just throw bombs yeah. than actually yeah. have to to make difficult choices in governing. Well,
4: listen, I'm on, I'm on your no, no, side. I'm on your side with this. I know. I just had Judge Napolitano on. He's not. He's actually signing with Matt Gates and Lauren Bor. But he's got nothing to gain. He's not in the chamber with you. But he does think that. Kevin McCarthy is bad. He's a part of that swamp we need to get rid of. But I'm on your side. I think Kevin deserves it. He should be the guy. And every day we don't get it done, it's embarrassing for the Republican Party, which I know you know that. So is is there is Are you guys kind of under the gun to get something done quick, not just to resume government, but also to avoid this daily embarrassment?
15: Well, look, obviously the sausage making is messy here, and uh, it is certainly uh, embarrassing. Uh, that, you know, the, the conference has not been able to come together uh, and select a speaker. But in the end, when all is said and done, we will come together. We will get behind Kevin McCarthy, and we will move forward with our agenda. And I think, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate that it didn't happen on day one. Uh, obviously, we're going on day three now. I think we're making progress uh, based on conversations I've had. And, you know, we will get there. It's just uh, it's one of those things. You know, you just you gotta you gotta keep at it. But you know, one thing I'll say is, and and I've been at this uh, you know a long time. Uh, and the speaker or or the leader of any uh, conference, all right, generally uh, <laughs> does not have high favorability in the public. And part of the reason is they're the ones taking the slings and arrows for everybody else. And I think you know th- this process is unfortunate. Um, but I do believe Kevin is the right person to lead us. He has worked tirelessly to end Nancy Pelosi's reign as speaker, to flip the House from Democrat to Republican, uh, and to stop the Biden agenda. That was the objective. He achieved it. And I think for anybody to say, oh, he, he doesn't uh, deserve this, or he hasn't earned the right to lead the conference, it really just doesn't understand, uh, A, the way these things work, but B, Uh, the the reality of governing you need somebody who can deal with everyone and you know the Freedom Caucus is not going to be able to put somebody up that's going to be able to deal with folks like me on on, you know that are coming out of Biden districts so you you got to you got to work together if you want to govern and if you want to advance an agenda
4: all right, Michael, listen, uh, you have been great. Uh, I appreciate uh, the job that you're doing, at the great American that you are, representing Rockland County in New York, so you keep talking. I do hope you get it done. I am a Kevin McCarthy supporter. Thank you on this very busy morning for taking time to speak with me. Thank you for meeting me Thank at you. Joe and Joe a couple of weeks ago. It was nice meeting you, it Mike.
15: It was my pleasure.
4: Take care, pal. There he is, Congressman Mike Waller out of Rockland County. He is uh, out there supporting kevin mccarthy taking the bows and arrows from people like matt gates but all too happy to do it lots more to come this hour including lydia Serrani, lydia reports and then the beast of the week greatest of all time bill o'reilly coming up at 8 40. keep it right here the thursday edition of the number one nielsen rated news talk show in new york city and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in america we are sitting friends in the morning only on Talk Radio 77,
3: WABC.
0: This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani.
1: Question for you, said. Can a black person be racist against other black people?
4: Can a of course when uh when you hear a black person, for example, refer to another black person as an uncle Tom, which has happened to folks like Burgess Owens, Kim Scott, Candace Owens, that is racist, yes.
1: Okay. Cory Bush, she's a congresswoman, she's a member racist. of the squat. She's a racist. She hates black people. I don't understand how she's still on Twitter. Listen to what she tweeted yesterday regarding Byron Donalds. He's a black man. He is a congressman from Florida. She wrote, Byron Donalds is not a historic candidate for speaker. He is a prop. Despite being black, he supports a policy agenda intent on upholding and perpetuating white supremacy. His name being in the mix is not progress. It's pathetic.
4: Wow. Yeah, that's racist. I mean, but Bush is a well-known racist anyway. And you talk about people like her or Stacey Abrams. Georgia ran for governor a couple of times. Um, Al Sharpton, even though Sean Hannity seems to like him. Uh, All these people are racist. They've they've shown it time and time again. Maxine Waters, uh, Errol Lewis, Joy Reid. These are the people in the city that are always talking about race. You know, listen, Joy Behar is, uh, is one of those folks. She can't help but talk about race and gender and sexual preference. But, yes, we see many cases, Lydia, in the media every day of black people being racist to black people.
1: Corey, I mean, I just can't believe she, she gets away with tweeting. So she says she's a Black Lives Matter activist, so she only cares about Black lives if wow, they're Democrats, please. if they'll vote for her. Please. Or she only cares about Black lives if they fight sure. with police officers come on, come on. or if they commit crimes or if they're rioters. Those are the only Black lives she cares for. I can't even believe she would she would – Put this out there. She should be censured for writing something like this, just like Ilhan Omar when she said about Jewish people time and time again, all those anti-Semitic remarks about 9-11. She even said the terrorists. Some people did something, you know. I mean it is just – it is yeah. astounding to me. Wow. And, and Ilhan Omar wasn't almost uh, not voted in by her own people, yeah. the Somali people in Minnesota because they're like, yeah, she's just looking for – as we say in, in my gener- – they're looking for clout. Yeah. You know, they're looking yeah. for the uh, the popularity and the, you know, the name recognition. They don't really care about serving the people that voted them in.
4: No. And Kevin McCarthy, one of the things he said weeks and weeks ago when he was under the assumption he'd be speaker, which is still up in the air, he was going to remove Omar from the Intel uh, the affairs committee, as well as Adam Shipp and other folks. Um, so she was about to uh, be taken off by McCarthy. And I loved when he said that. But um listen. I'm not sure I want to censure these people either because it becomes such, such a gray area. Do we fire Skip Bayless because he wanted the Bills to play the Bengals? I mean, it was stupid. It was insensitive. But do we fire him? Do we censure somebody every could time you they say something we like? you imagine if a white person
1: like? said that? Well, I know no, no, that. No, no, but I get it's it. racist. I it. Or if they said something against a Jew. I'm just saying, like, next time then, because we're going to have a See, white but, congressman but, that's going to but, say but, something I believe, racist. But listen,
4: it's one thing when the Taliban goes on there, and they do. Or Al-Qaeda, they go on there, and they do. And they talk about killing people, that's one thing. If you want to make a racist comment on Twitter, I think it should be allowed. And then I think all the repercussion should punch you right back across the face. That's America. I don't want to censor these people. I want them to be exposed for what they
1: are, which is racist. No, I don't care about her being on Twitter. My my issue is with her being a member of Congress. She should be censured for, for saying a racist remark as a congresswoman. That is not gotcha. befitting right. a, a woman right. of uh, – a woman of her stature supposedly this is the same woman who wants to defund the police yet she has spent over a half a million dollars just on personal security loan because she says that her life matters more than everybody else's she is not fit to serve right. i want to we, we're running out of time but i wanted to mention joy behar again you talked about her so newsbusters you know they're kind of an organization that fact checks a lot of the media organization they crunched the numbers and found that the view delivered 36 legal notes in 2022 alone what does that mean it's 36 times in just one year alone they were almost sued that they were <laughs> ha- because of ridiculous oh, things God. they say so next time anybody comes at you said in the higher ups from the fifth floor saying "Sid, you can't say that be like hey at least you know you're not running the view because 36 <laughs> times they were served with legal notices um... for intent to sue and they had to apologize and backtrack you played this earlier, but I got to play it again, which she said, because I was looking online trying to find out the source of this information that she spewed. So take a listen. Only 45% of Americans think that ta- tackle football is appropriate. Wow. Uh, ha- heterosexual men voted the most support for kids uh, <laughs> doing football. Uh-huh. And conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football.
4: Complete Just garbage. Complete garbage. Just saying what? There is nothing, nothing to, nice. uh, to, and by the way, the, the National Football League is so immense in its popularity. White people, black people, heterosexual, gays, men, women. The National Football League has never been more popular. Never. Even after that horrendous, horrible incident with Hamlin on Monday night. And they still have the discussions every time. It's kind of like, uh, Lydia, when uh, somebody gets, when there's a shooting. We go right to gun control. That's the discussion. Every time there's a serious injury in football, the next discussion is, is football too violent? And the truth is, it's not. It is a very violent sport, no doubt about it. That's why people love it. That's why the NFL makes a ton of money. Mm -hmm. So for Joy Behar to spat out those statistics, which are completely untrue and just a lie, I guess according to you, goes right in line with what The View does every day. And and how sad is it that Barbara Walters had this amazing career, amazing, and she passed Mm -hmm. away last week, and the last thing she did was come up with this horrible
1: show. I can't believe it. you know 2 million people watch it every single I day. Know. Who the hell is watching the view? Well, Who's yeah. watching the view and they're completely misinformed and then of course when they do the corrections they, they just kind of mumble it or whatever. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg, she says the most ridiculous things, but Joy Behar, I think she is the most egregious with the statements Agreed. she makes. And we every time we mention, say, a statistic, something as crazy as what she just said about conservatives or this or that, heterosexual men, we say the source. What is the source? It's probably if, if, if she does, if because I saw her reading something. It's something obscure. It's something that has no validity to it. That's why she didn't say it was from, no. say, the right. University of so and so, you uh-huh. know, she made it up, or she made it up. Who knows? Or a producer was clowning her. But the way they get away with trying to make themselves look like they are, you know, telling the truth and they're informing the people and they're having a, a wide range of discussions on important topics when all they are is propagandists. That's all they are for the for the extreme far left.
4: I agree, hundred percent.
1: And I can't believe she worked at WABC. And remember when we had the uh, hundred year anniversary special? Chris Libertini told me that they reached out to Joy Behar to be a part of it because you know Sean Hannity, yeah. everybody, Rush Limbaugh's family.
4: She refused. Well, of course. I mean, that's a you know. I actually reached out to Ryan Seacrest a couple of days ago because the Georgia Bulldogs are playing once again for the national championship in college football Monday night against TCU, and I reached out to him, knowing full well that when his colleague there kelly ripper held up my book on national television about a month and a half ago it was great for me ryan seacrest you may remember in the video folded his arms sat back in his chair and looked straight at the ceiling like oh my god kelly i know this guy please don't talk about sid so i knew that going into it but i still reached out for him and much like joy behar he said very quickly no thanks
1: Well, he's got beef now with Andy Cohen, who, you know, is a big wig at at Bravo because Ryan Seacrest said that he thinks it's right that the CNN host should not be drinking on New Year's Eve. But that's why you tuned in to see Andy Cohen and and Anderson Cooper on New Year's Eve, because they were doing shots and they were drinking and it was funny and it was lighthearted. But Ryan Seacrest, he's got this, he's a stick in the mud a little bit. And so, yeah, now they've got some sort of beef with each other. But it's interesting how everybody's like very judgmental with each other in Hollywood. Yeah, I remember that thinking, why is he leaning back and folding his arms? Like, what are you? Like, stop. Like, stop. (laughs) So what? You're a radio host. You say some crazy things. You know, that's it. It's it's, it's all in good fun. I'm
4: sure she turned to the page in the book where I was praising Donald Trump. And that's the last thing Ryan Seacrest wants to see. But anyway, who knows? uh, Who knows? Yeah.
1: Well, I uh, will be on with John Catsmatidis tonight, five o'clock. Uh, Cats at night—you don't want to miss it. We have—we actually have guests that tell the truth. We have never been served with a single legal notice, so <laughs> you could—we t- <laughs> always cite our sources for everything. We come very well prepared, and you will hear the truth, uh, nothing but the truth. So help us, God. Cats at night, five o'clock—you don't want to miss it. This
0: is Sid and Friends in the morning, seventy-seven WABC.
4: a couple days ago that O'Reilly sent me an email. I I sent Bill the first email, wishing him a happy new year, and thanking him for all he's doing for me. He's done a tremendous amount for me, and he certainly did a lot for my former partner, God rest his soul, Bernie. But for me, he's been a godsend. And then he sent me back an email that um, almost made me cry. That's how much love and respect they've got for Bill O'Reilly. I think Bill's the best ever. As I always say... He was, he still is, and always will be the best of all time. I mean that. And whether he's on WABC, 9 o'clock weeknights, or his own website, BillOReilly.com, tremendous interviews and columns and TV shows, there's nobody better. His Killing series continues to kill it, Killing the Legends, the latest. Had that great tour with Donald Trump just last year. And again, for my money, I don't have much, but for my money, continues to be the best and most important voice in our business every day. Here he is, my dear friend, for the first time in 2023, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill.
10: You know, I just got home from uh, Times Square. It took me that long to get home. Um, I was, uh, you know, just hanging out there. Uh, why do people do that? Well,
4: why? Why? I'll tell you why. It's funny you say that. So it turns out I've got, as you know, all these issues in my home in Rock in Rockaway. So we've been relocated, me, Danielle, and Gabriel, to the city while they fix my house because our pipes froze Christmas Day. so Yes. So I'm staying literally two blocks away from Times Square. I get a call on Saturday from Mike Butler with the NYPD, and he says, Sid, listen, cops love you. I love you. Do so much for us. If you want to take the family out to Times Square, you're two blocks away. We'll put you in one of our pens. No one's going to bother you. You can watch the whole thing. I've never done it in my life. I've always said what you just said, Bill, but i got to tell you, Saturday night, me, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe went and loved it. Loved it.
10: What was the highlight?
4: It was just this feeling of New Yorkers together. I happen to like Duran Duran. They performed right in front of me right before midnight. But counting down the new year, even though there were strangers, with a million New Yorkers, just felt like one of those patriotic moments when you see, like, July 4th and the float goes by it was nice to celebrate, even though maybe tourists, with a bunch of people in New York. It just felt great.
10: All right. Now, I, I respect that, um, but I would have been frightened by Cohen and uh, Anderson Cooper. That, I mean, you got these guys up there, they're trying to get drunk. They don't even know how to get drunk. They don't even know how to do it. Um, so anyway, but I'm glad you guys had a good time, and I'm glad the police uh, protected you. Um, but I could never – you know, when I was a reporter, I used to cover that, and I go, what What are these people doing here? Um, but okay, that makes sense. There was this kind of goodwill yes. and optimism about 2023. Which is probably gonna be a dismal year. Except for Killing the Legends. It's still number thirteen on the New York wow. Times list on Sunday. This wow. coming Sunday.
4: That's unbelievable. It is. Yes. Congratulations. It's unbelievable. Yeah, well, it's a great book. I mean, look, Muhammad Ali and, uh, and Lennon, of course, and Elvis Presley, you couldn't pick three more important figures. And the book is tremendous. The way you explain just how tortured for as big as they were, how tortured these guys were, what they had to go through. I'm not surprised. It is a tremendous read. It really is.
10: I appreciate that, Sid. So what's on your mind this morning? What are we talking well, about? Well,
4: I, I want to talk McCarthy because I've heard you a couple times on this station during the week with John Katsimatidis, your own show, kind of break this thing down. Mike Lawler was on with me about 30 minutes ago. He's a big supporter. I've been playing the Matt Gates cuts all morning. He's not a very big supporter. The Freedom Caucus is now trying to get guys like Jim Jordan or Byron Donalds in that position. What is the Bill O'Reilly take on this Kevin McCarthy mess?
10: Well, first of all, I should be Speaker of the House. All right? I'm, I can, within a month, I'm, I iron everything out. I you don't have to be a congressperson um, to be Speaker of the House. They so can elect anybody, um, which is very interesting. But uh, I don't know McCarthy very well, but I know why the 20 dissenters don't like him, because they think he's a swamp guy. So the biggest swamp... Uh, You remember that movie Swamp Thing with Adrienne Barbeau? Yes. I love her, by the way. Adrienne, if you're listening, (laughs) you're the best. Okay. (laughs) So somehow Adrian Barbeau winds up in the swamp. I took a wrong turn, thought there was a Waffle House there. I don't know. But she's in the swamp, and then this creature comes out and uh, gives her a hard time. So that's Mitch McConnell. He's the ultimate swamp guy, signs on for this omnibus bill, which is insane, $3 million for a jogging path. Named after Michelle Obama. With all due respect, the Obamas got $500 million. Buy your own jogging path.
4: I mean, not only that, but also the money in that bill goes to protecting the borders in uh, countries like Jordan and Egypt. But our southern border is a complete mess. It also
10: goes to lawyers who are trying to stop deportations of migrants. Right, right. I mean, it's insane. And there's Mitch McConnell, the turtle, right, signing on to this. So the 20 uh, far right congress people equate equate mccarthy with mcconnell they think he's a swamp guy he's going to make all kinds of compromises it's all about money that's what this is about so you have a federal government and here's the key stat for WABC listeners this morning Joe Biden has spent more tax money in the first two years than any other president in history by far. Biden has spent $6.3 trillion, okay, which we don't have. That money is not there. He's going to have to tax or print or do stuff to pay that, all right? $6.3 trillion in two years. You know who's second on the spending list? Trump. No, oh. close Barack Obama. Oh, boy. 2.8. So Barack Obama had the record, 2.8 trillion in two years, and it's obliterated by Biden because every time Biden goes into the Oval Office, which is about twice a week now, all right, <laughs> he just signs another paper sending billions of dollars to Kazakhstan. <laughs> Okay, because he doesn't know what he's signing and he doesn't know where Kazakhstan is. He thinks it's in Kentucky because that's what Mitch McConnell told him. You know, it's just out of control. So I have some sympathy for these uh, Freedom Caucus people. But at this point, there's a mechanism to remove McCarthy if he becomes the swamp creature and begins chasing Adrian Barbeau around. (laughs) You can you can remove him. So give the guy a chance. Stop with this. You made your point. You got concessions, and let's move ahead.
4: Do you think they'll do that? It just seems like they're so stuck in it, like they're just not going to budge.
10: Well, he bought them pizza last night, so maybe, (laughs) you know, that'll do it. It's just, look, Uh, these people, that's what I'm saying. If I were a Speaker of the House, man, I would go in there. I'd straighten that place out in a month. And it would, you know, Nancy Pelosi who I have no respect for at all because I don't think she's looking out for the people. All right. She was the lion tamer of all time. And that's what you got. The Democrats will never dissent ever. They just vote and block. Yep. Yep. All right. Whereas the Republicans are all over the place and there are loons in Congress. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, you mean, can, I got yeah. one out here in, in Long Island. Santos is my yeah. congressman.
4: No, I know. And, and listen, you can say what you want about Pelosi, but at least she did keep her house in order. The rest was a mess. But talking about Santos, he, uh, of course, he can't get sworn in until there's a speaker. So he had to remove from his website, where he lied again, that he was sworn in two days ago. But what do you think the end is for George Santos? Not good. Not good.
10: No. No. No, because he, he's a fraud. Now, growing up, we knew how to take care of these guys in Levittown, but we can't do that. I don't even know if Santos lives in the district. I, we can't figure out where he lives. He, he, you know, this guy, I, I mean, you got to give him props for one thing. How bold is this? Yeah. It is. I mean, he just lied about his entire life. Yeah. Wow. And it's you just can't and then I know about the whataboutisms and that's gotta stop. You can't run a country like this. You can't. This guy should have enough dignity to say, all right, I'm a compulsive liar. I'm going to get some treatment, and I'm going to resign my seat.
4: Right. He still may do that. Who knows? You know, the New York Post has a great cover today, Bill. It talks about how we're all mired in this Kevin McCarthy stuff. And the truth is, Bill, you know this better than anybody. Nine people out of ten walking in New York City right now don't know who Kevin McCarthy is. They don't care. They're more worried about the Mets. They're worried about uh, real housewives, all this nonsense. They don't care. But I think they do care about the southern border and the amount of people coming into New York. I had this discussion at dinner with the mayor himself, Eric Adams, last night. And the Post says, let's not lose sight of the real issue here. It's not Kevin McCarthy. It's a wide-open border that Biden says he's going to visit sometime soon and does nothing about. That's a good job by the New York Post, yes? The
10: Post has been good on the migrant thing and the border thing. Number one, where did you have dinner with Adams? Uh, I
4: don't want to say because he goes there about four times a week, so I'll text it to you.
10: All right, so he picked up the tab, I assume, right? What's that? He picked up the (laughs) tab.
4: Okay, I got it. I got it. I can tell you this. Listen, it was me, the mayor, Danielle, and Gabriel, the four of us having dinner. Me and the mayor ran out to go feed the homeless, which he does every Wednesday night by the garden in New York City, which was Mm -hmm. really great, by the way. And Danielle and Gabe were back at the restaurant. So now you know the rest. <laughs> okay.
10: Look, I don't have anything against Adams, but he's getting what he deserves, the karma thing, because he's a sanctuary city guy. Right, right. Okay? Yeah. So he's all, oh, everybody's welcome in New York, but not now. So Colorado, Colorado. Okay? They're sending, the migrants are going to Colorado. I go, we don't want to be here. It's freezing. We want to be in New York because we have people there that's what this is all about when the migrants get here they go where family members or friends are and we have sixteen million people in the new york area so a lot of migrants want to come here they have to sign a paper
8: and then colorado
10: putting them on a bus and they're coming here and there's Adams going "I, I, I don't want them anymore well wait a minute you're the same sanctuary city guy now what he should do and I want you to tell him next time you buy him dinner or lunch or breakfast because He's, you know, uh, prone to wanting meals. You tell him you've got to repudiate the sanctuary stuff.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I have told you gotta him that. you got to say
10: you were wrong. Yeah. we got six million migrants right now. Six million since Biden was sworn in. And the taxpayer picks up the tab for them because they don't come here with annuities. They come here broke because the cartels take all their money. True. No, you're right. So they arrive; they've got to be fed, and housed, and clothed, and educated, and health care. Who pays for that? The taxpayer. So this is why I got to be Speaker of the House. <laughs>
4: well, maybe even President. Why stop at Speaker? I mean, you heard the uh, the commercial that was on right before you, Bill. It was a Newsmax thing that I do, and uh, they're asking the question this week. There's a poll: Should Donald Trump continue to run? Or at this point, after the last month he had, should he step aside and let Ron DeSantis try to win it for the Republicans? Do you think that's even a fair question?
10: Well, I'm doing that tonight on uh, the No Spin News um, about Trump and running. And, of course, he should run. I mean, he's got his constituency. It's 35 percent of the party. Uh, we'll vote for him. All right. That's a lot. And you can build on that. But as we have discussed on this program before, Sid and friends, by the way, and I'm I'm proud to be a a, a friend
4: here. Number one friend,
10: baby. Right. Uh, When it was usually Fox and friends, I would tell them, I just want to be your enemy. I don't want to be friends with you people. All right, But with you, I'll be your friend. Anyway, um, you have a situation where Trump would be crazy if he didn't run, because, number one, he can get his agenda out front. Number two, this is going to be a nutty year, a really insane year, 23, with all the investigations, with the economy wobbling, with uh, Putin may die. I mean, you know, this is <laughs> going to be crazy. And then when Biden, I don't Biden still thinks he's in St. Croix. He doesn't even know he's back. You know, he's putting on suntan, block, and uh, overall. <laughs> no, no, Mr. President, you're back. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. I know. It's
4: uh, going to no. be some year. It is going to be some year. But the, the, the one thing I care most about is not even about those things you just mentioned. And that is something you and I both have in common. Our love for a local baseball team, the New York Mets. Now it turns out that this Correa deal, which the Mets did, then they found out that the Giants' concern about his injury was real, and they kind of postponed the deal. But now I'm hearing it's going to get done again, and Correa will be a New York Met, which is uh, pretty exciting. That infield, you look at it, Bill O'Reilly, Alonzo at first, McNeil at second, Lindor at short, and Correa at third. That's the best infield in Major League Baseball.
10: Well, here's the drama, though. Um, I would not want to be Buck Showalter.
4: Right, right. True, true.
10: he got to win every game. (laughs) he got to go 162-0. and (laughs) Because right? this team is so good on paper <laughs> yeah. that, you know, you get a five-game losing streak. Um, so, there's a lot of pressure well, on Well, oh, let me ask you this.
4: Let me ask you this, what you just said. Based upon the roster and the talent, you're right. The pressure on Buck will be immense to win a World Series. Who would have more pressure in this silly hypothetical? Buck show Walter to win the World Series Or Donald Trump, if he comes back for a second time, telling everybody he's going to fix everything?
10: Well, there's no pressure on Trump, though, uh, because nobody expects him to do very much. What Trump should do is nothing for about two or three months and just let this thing unfold, these investigations and all of that. No, no, I
4: mean if he won. I mean if Donald Trump won and took over the presidency again, promising everybody he's going to fix all these Biden issues— more pressure, more likely they get it done. Buck in the World Series or Trump fixing America?
10: Well, Trump already fixed the migrant thing with the Remain of Mexico policy. He had a good, vibrant economy with low inflation. He had pretty good advisors like Kudlow. Um, so, I, you know, Trump's been there, done that. Um, so I would have, you know, not—look, it's all about Trump's personality, not his performance. But on the Mets side, you gotta, you know, you got two forty-year-old pitchers out there. Um, anybody goes down, and they all get injured now. Um, you know, so you can't basically say we're just going to walk in and, and, and win everything. But it is going to be an exciting season. You know, I mean, they got all these guys on the field. Um, you know, did you know they're going to be wearing money belts though? They're going to have money belts with a little NY logo on them.
4: <laughs> There's actually going to be seven guys on the team making at least twenty million dollars this year, and guys like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are making as much as forty three million a piece this year. I know,
10: and they and they only pitch six innings. I know. After six innings, they go, oh, I'm so tired. I know. I have to take a nap. It's a
4: great gig. It's a great gig. I should have been a pitcher. Hey, uh, Bill, what can I say? You're, you're the best every week, and I love you. You were great again today. Thank you for starting off 2023 with a bang. And for folks that want to get uh, Killing the Legends, what's the best way to do it this morning?
10: You know, you go to Amazon. or ship it right out. You go to BillO'Reilly.com. We'll give you a nice discount on it, um, and we'll like you. You'll be our friend like certain friends. Um, so, you know. Killing the Legends. Look, this is a book you're going to like. And if you have, you know, it's winter now, we're not outside that much, it's a good way to pass the time. Thanks for the plug. Happy New Year.
12: You too. Ted Thank and, you. <laughs> uh,
10: to Daniel and Gabriel and Thank to you. the mayor. You give him my best when, uh, when you see him. Next I'll tell you time.
4: what, okay? I'll tell you what, if you agree to do this next time, because we, we meet about once every two weeks now for dinner, how about you come and then we go to a Knick game together? How does that sound?
10: That sounds good. All right. Um, I don't know if the mayor is going to want to dine with me, but i will be happy to sup with him.
4: Okay, done deal. Me, Adams, and O'Reilly over the next couple of weeks, then a nick game afterwards. You were great today. We will do it, I promise. Do it again next Thursday. Thank you so much. All right, Said. See you. Take care. The great Bill O'Reilly. So great. I'll make that happen. That's easier than Giuliani and Adams, which I'm still going to make happen. But me, Eric, and uh, Bill, that's easy. That'll be quite a dinner. <laughs> we'll take a short break when we get back. Still lots more to do. Fame defense attorney Joseph Tacopina, and a guy I met last night that has spent every Wednesday night for years feeding the homeless, like I did with the mayor last night in New York City. Noel McGuire is his name. The whole lowdown comes your way right after this.
0: purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
4: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts
0: 77 WABC This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
4: I get by with a little help from my friends. That was uh, the case last night, somewhere on 34th Street, around 9:30 uh, last night when I arrived there with the mayor handing out uh, food for the homeless. I had no idea, and I lived in New York City the last 6 years, spent 2 years down by Hanover Square by Wall Street 4 years on the upper west side. I had no idea that every Wednesday night for years by Madison Square Garden These uh, fine folks, these New York heroes, hand out food for the homeless. I did thank a bunch of folks earlier this morning. Cops Eddie Vargas, Andre Kaye, and Detective Kenya Arnett. Uh, These guys here, Wayne Schneider, PCNY, Ali Ahmed, Rain Food and the Smart Kitchen, Noel McGuire, Big Noel, sitting with me right now. Josh Aria, they call him Batman, Deanna McElroy, Eleonora Strugo, and uh, Gigi Nunez. Met all these great people last night. I'm handing out food to the homeless, and I felt like a million bucks. And then I met this one gentleman, specifically Noel McGuire, who's sitting with me right now. He's wearing a Jet jersey and a New York Rangers hat. You talk about a real New Yorker. And it turns out that I guess him... Ali and Wayne Schneider, the three of them, started this thing many, many years ago. And there ought to be hundreds of people there last night, hundreds. So, A, it was great meeting you last night. B, thank you for coming in this morning. And C, congrats on this beautiful thing you do for New York every week.
16: No, well, we we enjoy it tremendously to help people. Um, How I got started is uh, I'm 60 years old. I'm a doorman on Park Avenue for 37 years. I'm in the funeral business in Manhattan. And uh, I mean, you mentioned to me Don Belucas last
4: night. Yeah, I, I used
16: to work at WFAN, he was in charge of sales there for a long this time. Was, I was, see, I got one story I got to tell about him because he, he, he was a tenant in a building where I worked years ago. And one day he rings the doorbell uh, of the elevator and he's like, What are you doing tonight? I said, "Like, What do you think I'm doing tonight? I'm watching game one of the Mets. <laughs> he goes, I got two tickets. You want to go? And he gave me two tickets because the game, fan back then had the Mets. Yeah, and that was the game with Tim Tuffle let the ball go through his legs. I don't oh mean to, I don't mean my, to be bringing bring it up. The worst thing was I took a girl on a date, and the first play of the game, there was a pop-up. And the girl goes, what do they call that? I cringed. Oh, Mike, she didn't even know pop-up? No, I could have took 20. But she was really hot. Who cares? Yeah, 25. Well, you know. She wasn't that hot (laughs) then, (laughs) obviously.
4: You know, it it was. They'll be going like, in my household, I'm a Met fan. My wife is a Yankee fan. It's a true story. It's embarrassing, yes. So my friend goes to me, how could you marry a Yankee fan? I said, have you seen her ass? (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. I mean, are you kidding me? Who cares?
16: But, it, but it I was, guess in your case, you know, Oh, at... I had 25 guy friends that didn't want to talk to me for at least three months. <laughs> yeah, and, ah. uh, but yeah, no, I know him. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And, uh, so the way I got started was uh, I worked the overnight shift on Park Avenue, the graveyard shift. And a guy named Erwin uh, Simon, who lives across the street, came over and he would talk to me in the mornings. A very wealthy guy. That's he, like
4: a billionaire, that guy. Yeah,
16: yeah. yeah. He owned a company called Haines Celestial. Now he owns a Canadian marijuana company. So he moved on from the company he had. But anyway, he came over. So, so that
4: girl, Diana McElroy, who works for Higher High, does she work with him? Because she's in no, the cannabis no, she's, field as she's,
16: well. Yeah, she's in this field of, of, of uh, cannabis. Cannabis, yeah. yeah. She runs a big thing. Um, she's from New Jersey. She's from the same town in, that I'm from in Booton, New Jersey. But I, I'm a Manhattanite my whole life, and gotcha. I live also – In the Bronx. I have an apartment in the Bronx. My wife hidden in Jersey. You know the story. (laughs) And uh, but anyway, he came over one day and he starts to talk to me and he goes, What are you doing on Thanksgiving? And my first reaction was, Oh, I want to watch football and I'm gonna, you know, eat turkey with the family. He's like, No, what are you doing in the morning? And I'm like, Really? I have nothing. I'm getting off at eight o'clock. He goes, Why don't I just pick you up at eight fifteen? I wanna take you to the Bowery mission. He took me to the Bowery Mission on Thanksgiving. Well, did you say to him, why are we going to the Bowery Mission? What do you mean the Bowery Mission? Well, he was the guy who supplied the turkeys. Oh. He, his company gave the turkeys there. And, uh, but let me tell you something. It was four hours in my life that changed me unbelievably, the visit to the Bowery. I walked out of there, and I was like, I got to do something to help Well, you said to me people. last night,
4: you were at the
16: Bowery that morning for four hours, and the quote was, but I wanted to stay for six. I wanted, my wife was like, the family's waiting on us. And you got to go. Let's go. She dragged me out. She dragged me out. And uh, the next year, I put it on Facebook that I'd like to raise some money. And people that I grew up with in Yorkville, like, sent me money. And I was telling them $2 would pay a meal. And I honestly thought I was going to raise, like, $900 or $1,000. In three weeks, I raised, like, $9,600. Wow. And another friend who was a bartender at the Reservoir Tavern in New Jersey, she did 7000 at the bar. A girl wow. named Kelly. So I thought about it the next year. And I'm thinking, if I can raise that kind of money— what I could do for the homeless. So I started a 5013, and ever since then, it's just been... The amount of people that come from all directions to help out is what I'm boggling. You know, it's weird, but I'm I'm, I'm
4: very hypocritical with most things in life. I admit that, though. I admit that, and that's part of my charm. (laughs) On one hand, I can't stand the homeless, and and I say it on the air. I can't stand them. My son grew up in New York City. They scare him, even if they're not violent. They scare him. To me, as I said for years, they're like a scourge on the community. They, they, they stink. It's just a bad deal. On the other hand, I hand out knapsacks with Tony Oso every year during Christmas, and I was with you last night beating the homeless, and I felt the same exact way last night you felt back at the Bowery Mission. So yeah. it's kind of like two worlds battling in my head. I want to get rid of the homeless, but
16: last night I was all too happy to help. Does that make you mad? No, no I understand exactly what you say. It's like let's say somebody gives me 100 pair of boots brand new. And I distribute a hundred pair of boots. I kind of know that twenty pairs are going to get sold for drugs, mm. but it's the important thing of getting, let's say, the twenty pair out of the hundred to somebody who really, really needs it. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah. And for me, they come back a lot of times a month later, two months later, and they go, "No, these are the boots you gave me two months ago. No, this is the jacket you gave me last year." Wow. Like I love that. It just makes me feel good, you know. And I hand it to them. I give them like a, a, a guilt trip. Like, don't sell this for drugs. It happens. I just know it's part of the business. Sure, you know, it's part sure. of doing what you do. With, but the overall good is worth some of that. I pull away every time at eleven o'clock at night. I head straight to the doorman's job to work midnight to eight. My body has this like, mm. like a battery it was just. Yeah, no, back I, in. I, I couldn't sleep last night either, yeah, the same way. Yeah, yeah. What uh, Wayne
4: Schneider I met last night. He's one of the three guys along with you that started this PCNY. What an interesting guy. He's very close with the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones and Michael Parsons. And he's got these huge events all year long. He's all over the place. He, yeah. he
16: actually jumped on a plane to come back because he heard the mayor was coming. But he's all over the place. If you followed him on the Instagram, he's all over the place. I mean, when I say all over, he's in Dubai. He's here. He's there. So he's, he's a busy, busy guy, but yet he still finds time to come down on Wednesdays, which is an important thing. And then the guy, Ali, is a gentleman who's been feeding us for well over a year. But we would like to get some other restaurants that would love to help out. We feed about 200 people every Wednesday. If you can reach out and get a hold of me, we can get you where you can bring some food down and, and you know, work with me on the phone. But I'm looking for somebody who owns, like, a storage container where people that donate stuff to me, it'll only be clothing. It would not be food products. That I could put into the storage area and work from there, taking the stuff out every Wednesday. Do you get that much donated that you actually need of uh, a- storage? My garage in New Jersey, if I open up the door, it would take out three people. No okay. kidding. It's, it's packed. That's great. And it's packed to the gills. And the second I think I'm catching up, more stuff arrives at my house. Well, how many years have you been doing this in New I've York I've been City? doing it for eight. Eight years? Yeah. Wow. From the time I walked out of the Bowery Mission, it, was, it just took off. It just took off. So you need
4: some storage units for the clothing. You also need some sleeping bags,
16: right? I need, if anybody who owns a company wants to spend some money, get a tax write-off, we could use 50, 100 sleeping bags. We could use blankets. We could use hand warmers, socks. Socks are a big thing for homeless people. Socks, too,
4: yes. You and I had this whole discussion about the sleeping bags. You may not remember this. And um, it was about 10 minutes after, and you're still standing next to me. I'm doing a video with the mayor on the night. And a guy walks up to you and goes, Hey. Any more sleeping bags? We had just had that discussion, so that clearly is a major thing for yeah. these
16: folks. Well, they're very lucky. This past week, of course, look at the weather. This is not New York weather. We know what January is. It's but it, who knows? In, in three weeks from now, we could be facing a twenty-inch storm. Right. You know, and right. many of them don't want to go to shelters. They don't feel safe in shelters. As we hear that, over, you know, for years and years, you hear that they just don't feel safe in shelters. Sadly, there's so many mentally ill people walking around New York City. That's a big part of the homeless, oh, it is. So let me
4: ask you this, because the mayor was there last night, and I get killed on Instagram now. They kill me because I'm friends with the mayor because I'm a Republican. I don't care. I'm a Republican, too. Right, I get course. killed. I got I killed. Mean, I know, but they're idiots. I mean, I come know, on, that. folks. We're trying to clean up the city. Yeah. I, I couldn't care less. These are the people that are the problems, not Mayor Eric Adams. Right. So I'm trying to help the guy like you are. <clears> he has a plan for the homeless,
16: take them off the streets, sometimes involuntarily. I'm okay with that. What about you? I'm okay with it, too. And most people that are homeless advocates will tell you, no, it's going against, you know, their will. And, and But when we see that they're that sick, if you can get to find out who they are and see their history, you know, you know if they hurt somebody in the past and they're having an episode in the street, I think they should come off. Yeah. They should come and get them in the hospital and get them medicated. And then you can put them back out and let them decide what they want to do from there. But we need to get more of them off the streets. We need to get more housing for them. And now we, like you said, we have these buses coming in from other states and I'm starting to see them all up and down the streets. They've been on. Last night we had about 14 or 15 on the line. They all have small children. They just got here. They just—that's what I was told last night by one of my people that 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 when she interviewed uh, nine of them on the street, that they said they were just given a piece of paper and told find the shelter, uh, like Bronx, right? In the Bronx, yeah. (laughs) And and never been to New York City and and don't speak English. Could you imagine? That's got to be.
3: Yeah.
16: (laughs) I mean, you're walking around uh, Macy's, 34th Street. Go to the Bronx and find some place. It's got to be. I even seen someone crossing the street like not paying attention, like not oh, looking at the light where it yeah. says stop. I mean, this is New York. You, you really got to yeah. know where you're walking yeah. when you're on the street. I was impressed, though,
4: that a couple of people, these homeless people, online, and I bet them, too, I actually, made the, you know, the food. I was in between Mayor Eric Adams and uh, this lovely girl, Eleanor uh, Strugo, and um, they knew your name. Like, these homeless people walked up and said, hey, Noel, or hey, Wayne.
16: So clearly, they come every week, and they're paying up attention, which yeah. I found nice. They knew your name. Well, you know what happens? Some of them get apartments. And they ask me, Noel, is there any chance you can help me with, like, pots and pans or or dishes or silverware? And I put it on my page. Right away, people come through. They do. They're like, oh, this guy got an apartment. He's off the streets. Let's help him out. Does he need a lamp? Does he need this and that? But I work two jobs. Sometimes it can get to the point where I'm stretching myself very thin. Well, what's the other? You're the doorman. What else? And I'm in the funeral business. I work at a place called John Criddle's Funeral Home on First Avenue, and I work at Campbell's on Madison Avenue. Oh, no kidding. Okay. So you have three jobs, really? Yeah, if you want to call the homeless a job, it <laughs> is. A job. I mean, on the weekends, I'm stopping in Restaurant Depot to pick up all the soda and the water and the snacks. Uh, but I always fill my car every week. Every week, Sunday, I leave New Jersey to come into the city. My car is filled with clothing. Um, like people that, that have connections, some people have 60 pair of jeans laying somewhere. and They, they don't know what to do with them. You, you can reach me. if you, I always need hoodies. During the winter, I need hoodies. I need men's boots for the snow. You know, many homeless, the ones you see them laying down flat on their back, and you could see their their shoes with no soles in them. Mm. Those are the people I try to really help because they'll walk around and get snow Mm. inside those holes and into their wet socks. And mm. socks are the number one requested thing at all shelters. I'll tell you that right now. So,
4: but folks that are listening and are moved, and if you're human, you have to be, and they want to help
16: you out, Noel McGuire. You keep talking about your page. What page is that? Well, it's called the Ellen McGuire Foundation, and it's on Facebook, and you could just friend it. And then after that, you you could write to me and, like, I can help out this way or that way. That would be awesome. McGuire is spelled
4: M-A-G-U-I-R-E, the Ellen McGuire. Now, clearly the last name is the same. Yes. So
16: Ellen was not, your mom. Ellen my, was my mother, and she worked at a church on 72nd Street as a receptionist. And when I was 9, 10, and 11 years old, homeless people back in the day, they don't do it today. We ring the back of a rectory of a church. And my mother would say, Go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I must oh, have made a thousand as a kid. Oh my God. So that's where the connection with the homeless was. I think when I hit the, that day in the Bowery Mission, I don't know if it was a sign from God, like, You're going to walk out of here, but you're going to do some things for these people. And I just got to say, none of it could be done without the amount of friends I have. Like, I grew up in Yorkville. And so many people help me out. So wow. many people come through. I run football pools and during the Super Bowl and during Thanksgiving and my friends play. And, and whatever money I make from it, I put it toward the foundation. And it's just, it's been great. It's been great. Wow. Do you
4: know my boss, John Katsimatidis? No, I don't know okay. him. He ran for governor back in 2013. He owns every Gristitos, Gristitis, uh, oh, every D'Agostino, yeah, all, 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 all of them. They're all, they're all, them.
3: all
16: Yorkville stores. Yeah, 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 and he
4: is, him and his beautiful wife, Margo, they are the nicest, most charitable people ever. I'm sure he's listening right now. He's going to want to get to know you and help you. Yeah. But they do stuff like that all the time. The PAL leagues, the homeless, you name it. They hand out turkeys with us every year at the St. John's oh, Church. I would do it with them. Yeah. I St. John's yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
16: I would love to join you. I would love to join you. Well, you, you will
4: do it next year for sure. Yeah. So yeah. that's it, and all you're uh, you found a friend in me. However, I can help, and this audience can help. Please, anytime you need something, again, whether it's socks, sleeping bags, food, boots, whatever it is. Feel free to contact me. I'll put you on the air. We'll help you out. Sounds good. You are the ultimate New Yorker. Thank you. You. Are, you have just won the Sid Rosenberg New Yorker of the week. Give
16: him a round. Yeah, right. a round. Let's go, Mets. Oh, you're a Met fan, too. I'm a too. huge Met fan. I was talking huge. about the Mets with Bill O'Reilly heard, moments ago. I, yeah. I wish I could get, make, get, get me to be friends with the owner. <laughs> Introduce me to the owner. You know what's funny? That's I, the guy I, I would I love I to I never know.
4: knew Steve Cohen. Never <clears> met him. <throat> Bill O'Reilly took me to a Mets-Cubs game. Remember late in the year? The Mets had that swoon. The Cubs scored five in the yeah. top of the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was at that game with O'Reilly sitting next to Steve Cohen in his suite. First time i ever met him. Could not have been a nicer guy. I heard nothing
16: but good things. Great all, guy, All the yes. fans speak highly yeah. of him. Does he, I, does he help you guys out? No. He's got would, plenty I, of money. <laughs> I would love to know him. If anybody wants to introduce me, get me to meet him, I would love to meet him. Listen to me. I'm one of those fans, Mets, Jets, Knicks, and Rangers. I have nothing negative to say about any player or any team I love him. I've been watching him my whole life. It doesn't make sense why people can, you know how sports fans can be. Yeah. They could just be really hard on their teams. And I'm, not me. I just, you know, I love Randall on the Knicks. I love, you know, I love them all. I you love, love all, all the Jets. Yeah. You know, what, that, what jersey is that 36 for the Jets? Just Leonard. Leonard, an old. Leonard. Oh, the defensive back? Yeah, old. He, he came over from the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. He was a white kid who was yeah, actually yeah, pretty good. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> not too many of them, right? I tell
16: you. <laughs> I
4: know exactly yeah. who he is. Well, listen, it's great to meet you. Yeah, Best of you. luck, and we'll uh, we, we'll be helping you out moving forward. Thank you good so look, much. I'll see you in the future. God All bless. All right. I'll, you. See, I'll see you on Wednesday night. Sounds that good. That is uh, Noel McGuire, a.k.a. Big Noel. Help him out today. Check out the Ellen McGuire Foundation and uh, help him help New York City. When we get back, he's the most famous defense attorney in the country, a friend of mine for 42 years, the great Joseph Takapina, will join me coming up. After right
3: this, my pain. i need
0: Seventy seven WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help
3: from my friends. Hey, hey, ladies in the place, I, it
4: oh, I love that kind. No McGuire, jet jersey, ranger hat, handing out food to the homeless. Him and his buddies, they got plenty of money, by the way. Plenty. They no don't need to do this. And they're out there and just uh, great stuff. See, that's the, the essence of New York. Not the idiots that sit on Instagram and Twitter, bad-mouthing folks. You're, you're not New Yorkers. You're garbage. What are you? You think that makes you good because you hate this guy? You hate that guy? You love this guy? You do nothing. Remember that uh, firefighter, that guy that uh, gave me a hard time because I was t- he claimed I was talking too much about the kid that died who lived two blocks away from me, and really despicable, disgusting message he sent me, that jerk-off. He's at it again. His name is Brian Curd. I don't care. I mean, I got enough guys in that department that um, wanted to scalp him. And again, he's sending me nasty messages this morning about the mayor, this idiot. I don't care, folks. Get over it. You don't want to listen. Goodbye. I ain't going to miss you. And wouldn't it wouldn't be any different if Bernie was here or not, because he was on with us plenty when Bernie was here. And if Bernie, you know, she was still here, which he was, unfortunately, he's gone. But if he was, guess who would make that call? Me. Me. So don't just stop. You, 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 you complain. I don't care. I don't care.
5: I'll just do, burn, like, okay, okay, calm, yeah. easy, yeah. All right, yeah. that's easy. That's calm.
4: exactly what he calm. would do, right, calm. exactly. All
5: right, let, let, hold on, wait a second, yeah. wait, calm,
4: d- calm. You know who else is really good friends with the mayor? Joe Tacopina, famed defense attorney, the best attorney anywhere in the country. He just sent me a text, he goes, just so you know, I'm good friends with your friend, too. And I'm sure he is. Here he is, the best in the business, Joe Tacopina. Good morning, Joseph.
17: The more, I mean, I was not ever in a, a food line handing out food with him. That was right. pretty cool, man. That that, is, that you. was really cool. You.
4: That well thank
17: you, thank what you. Was that was you? really cool. That, that kind of stuff feels good, right? I mean, that's really at the end of the day it gives you it gives you much more than you give.
4: You it's hundred percent, man. I mean, you know, you make a ton of money. I do very well, uh, but the intrinsic value that I got last night, I couldn't even sleep. I was so happy because these people were genuinely so appreciative, Joe. It really, it felt like a million bucks. It really did. Yes.
17: Yeah, no, that's great. When you right. can do stuff like that, it's, it's good to put some perspective, and, and good that you did it with the mayor, man. <laughs> your, your, your status keeps rising.
4: <laughs> it's hard to believe, but it is true. So uh, earlier this morning, we, we made the point on this show that today, today, Joe Tacopina, is the 50-year anniversary of the release date of Bruce Springsteen's very first album, believe it or not. Greetings from Asbury Park 50 years ago today. And you know, talking about status, one of my other dear friends is little Stevie. Stevie Van Zandt, I'm with him all the time. And, uh, in fact, I'm going to fly down to the Hard Rock in Fort Lauderdale with uh, tickets from Stevie to see Springsteen on February the 7th. So I make that announcement on the air. I get a text two seconds later from Audi Idala. Well, you're going to Fort Lauderdale, but me and Tacopina. We're going to see Bruce in Rome, and not just Rome, but Ferrara, where Tacopino's soccer team won the championship. Is R.I. Donald right?
17: He, well, partially, partially. We're not seeing him in Rome, it's in Ferrara. I'm not part of that. I, I, I secured him tickets through the mayor, who's oh. a friend of mine, where <laughs> our team is. I'm not, I mean, I'm getting Audio the tickets for sure. He's going with a bunch of his buddies who apparently are traveling Europe. Oh God! Um, I'm not part of the caravan. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, if I'm there, I certainly would love to see him. I mean, uh, you know, it's Tish's favorite recording artist by far. Um, and, you know, I like him. I mean, you know, it, it, he's no uh, no Beastie Boys. But, oh, please. Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs>
4: right. I mean, Audie's really a Rolling Stones guy. He actually followed that band all over the world. He went to see them in Germany and a whole lot of this. But he loves Bruce, too. And he was uh, bragging this morning about you and him in Italy. I want to get to uh, right. one major story here that I really – I was nervous, Joe, for a while they would not solve, even though Bo Dito told me for weeks they got it, they got it, and that is the Idaho murders they have arrested this guy. Are you convinced, like Bo and everybody else, that he's absolutely the guy that did these four murders?
17: Well, look, I'd love to hear, and I love Bo. He's my invest I mean, he's my investigator. Obviously, he's the best in the business. He's my dear friend. But I'd love to hear him explain why. Because I, I don't know, except, except for the way he looks, because he looks very guilty just if you look at the face. But on a more intellectual level, I'm not— I, I, Listen, do I have any doubt that they have the right guy? Probably not because the FBI was involved. This has been a seven-week investigation. They didn't rush to go lock someone up. Um, Plus, you know, they've got—do d- 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 they
4: have DNA? Because that seems to be irrefutable. They, they,
17: they, they, they probably do. But here's the thing, Sid. None of us know that the amount of speculation in this case is is, is incredible because— it's frustrating because no one knows anything yet. The affidavit, the search warrant affidavit, the probable cause affidavit that will tell us all why why he's been charged has not been released. It's sealed and it will remain sealed until he is put before the judge in Idaho, and that's when it gets released according to Idaho law. Normally, that you know, if this was in New York, the affidavit would be once he's arrested, the affidavit's out. Um, it's a different story there of how they deal with it. So, I mean, look, I don't really know what it is. I, we've heard about DNA. I'm sure there's DNA. And, you know, the FBI had him pulled over in his car to, to make, get images of his hands. So they had local law enforcement follow him, pull him over, and, 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 and capture pictures of his hands for obviously they wanted to take some, some shots of that and right. either use it to compare to something. But we don't know yet. I mean, we know that that scene was a bloody mess. I mean, did you see the pictures of the blood yeah, yeah. dripping outside of the house? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? But who knows what it is? But do I have. Look, I don't think this is a case that local law enforcement and federal law enforcement want to miss on. After seven weeks, they didn't rush to go arrest somebody. After seven weeks, six weeks, they got someone. I don't think that they, they arrested someone in haste. I think this is going to be something where the evidence is going to be overwhelming would be my guess, except I don't know what it is yet. And I don't know all if right. anyone knows what it is, because it's not released. Got it. Joe
4: Tacopina the Idaho Murders. Uh, I know you're a rabid sports fan like me. I'm a Giant fan. You're a Las Vegas Raider fan. You are a Minnesota Viking fan. Who knows what else? But I know you love uh, football. And, uh, in fact, at one point you rep Daniel Snyder, I own the, the owner.
17: the Packers, actually, said,
4: Oh, you do own the Packers. I, I the figured Packers. that was the case. I own the at <laughs> one point you were yeah, repping some uh, some shares, so. <laughs> Daniel Snyder, the yeah, owner yeah. of the, of the Redskins employed you to work uh, in and around yeah. his team with some issues. You saw the, uh, the Hamlin injury on Monday night. What are your thoughts on how the NFL has handled that? Uh,
17: well, look, the NFL sometimes is, is, is it, look, it's a business. It's one of the most successful and powerful businesses in this country. Um, the decision that they were pondering about going forward with the game is is something that I said. You know, my kids asked, well, "Are they going to play?" And I said, "It's a business decision at the sport for the NFL. It's nothing more." Um, they did the right thing, obviously. Um, and, and look, the NFL has handled it well so far um, I, because they 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 stopped the game. They they couldn't put those men back out there and play game right. like what they witnessed on the field. I mean, that would have been horrific. Um, you know, there's a question now, a conundrum, right? We're in the last week of the season. This weekend. Uh, that was a game that had importance for for playoff seeding. So, and they they have no schedule to reschedule. There's no you know date for that game to be rescheduled, right? Because I think they're waiting for the status of Hamlin. So it's really going to be interesting to see what happens in the next week because they have to get that game in.
4: No, they do. I mean, you the know, bill, bill the, is, right? The Bills can be the number one seed ahead of Kansas City if they win that game.
17: Yeah, that's right. That's no. why it's such an important game. It's not like no. a, a meaningless game, in, but they have to figure it out. But that you know, here's the question: Where is football going after this? I mean, how many? Look, we all love the sport, you know, um, but but it's seriously—you have to be nuts to let your kids play football. <laughs> you do, you do. I, know. I mean, I because know. The, aside from all the concussions, which are medically documented, and there's nothing you could ever do to to make that go away. I, I mean, a guy, a guy mm-hmm. might die from a hit, um, yes. and and hope not. I mean, hopefully he's getting better. I mean, it's it's incredible that he's still in that same position, but it's 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 something that has to be addressed because uh football's not going away because it's it's the number one form of entertainment in, yep. in the, the sporting world. Um, but who knows? It's just a it's a crazy crazy situation. It really is.
4: Last one. I know you're uh, teaching law classes at Harvard Law this uh, this week, which is great, and uh, you're the right guy to do it because again, they don't come any better than you, defense attorney. Joe Tacopina, this uh, George Santos story out in uh, Bill O'Reilly's neighborhood on Long Island has not been sworn in despite what he put on his, uh, on his internet site because, of course, there's no speaker. So no one gets sworn in. You had to remove that. That's the latest lie. But on a serious note, he lied about just about everything. Your thoughts on this George Santos situation?
17: I mean, he's obviously a sick human being. Really, there's no other way about it. I mean, he's a sick human being. Not only did he, first of all, talk about bad judgment. Where did you think you were going to get away with that, saying you worked <laughs> for Goldman Sachs, you're an p- elected official trying to get a, a seat in, in Washington, D.C., yeah. in, in Congress? And, and I mean, did you think people were going to fact-check this stuff? But the best part, Sid, the best part about this is this idiot actually is now being sought for prosecution in Brazil for a past fraud case, a fraud case that the Brazilian authorities had not, not dismissed, but sort of taken off the calendar because they couldn't find George Santos. <laughs> well, they found him. They found him now.
4: Even in so Brazil, like
17: guy, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. In Brazil, there's a case, but you know, it's a, it's amazing because there he admitted stealing, you know, uh, a checkbook to buy clothes, and he wow. was charged. Wow. And this was back in 2008, but they they, they the case would lie dormant because they couldn't find him. You know, he got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so this guy really—I mean, not a moron. I, if he stayed in your little hole there, he would have been fine. But uh,
4: yeah, he actually yaddled uh, himself. Last sixty seconds, he joked to him about owning the uh, the Green Bay Packers. I know you know this, but uh, Jimmy Dolan, who owns the Rangers, the Knicks, Madison Square Garden, uh, Radio City Music Hall, the Rockettes—he basically owns everything big in New York. He also owns cow. He owns the restaurants, yeah. he owns a nightclub, but he's auctioning off those now because, I guess, he needs cash. And you can buy those right now. Any interest. You own a soccer team in Italy. Uh, you just claim you own the Packers. Any interest, uh, Joe Tacopina, in buying a piece of the Tao restaurants wait, wait, wait. from Jim Dolan?
17: We mean I claim I own the pack because <laughs> I have a certificate that says I own a piece of the pack. So I own the pack.
4: Oh wait, wait, were oh, you oh, one of those pack. guys that actually bought like a dollar's worth of yeah, stock when that's
17: they went that's public? What I'm <laughs> <laughs> So, and I hear what I thought. I thought when the when the Packers were struggling, so I do love the Pack from Vince Lombardi. He's from Brooklyn. He's from our neighborhood. Vince is from our neighborhood. You yeah, know that, right? Yeah, yeah, All yeah. the great coaches, him, Paterno. Yeah. Um, Paterno's another story. One day we have to talk about that because I saw that documentary on the ESPN. What a despicable situation that that guy, his legacy has been destroyed when he did absolutely nothing wrong. Another story. But, you know, when the Packers were struggling this year, I called the GM to try and fire the coach. And they were like, wait a minute. You're not really an owner, you just have fairs. You know that, right? You can't. You can't do that. Oh, that's like, funny. Oh. Did you really do that for real? I, I have to know the And I kid that he was laughing at me. Oh, you're I'm great. We should make a coaching change.
4: So. You are great. You are so,
17: great. No, it's a great. It's a great, great organization. I mean, it's a really cool organization. Yeah. I got to get out to Lambeau one day, by the way. Oh, I've been there. Um, I've been there for a and, Packer He's the guy who's my friend who runs the coaching. Okay.
4: So. I was actually there for a Packers Minnesota Viking game when I started my radio career. I did shows live in La Crosse, Wisconsin, out on the streets during Oktoberfest. And that Monday night, me and my partner, Scott Kaplan, made our way to Lambo. Field and watched Brett Favre and the Packers take on oh. Randy Moss and the Vikings. It was freezing. Oh. It was snowing. That's it was perfect.
17: Yeah, exactly. That's Lambo. That's that's a buck. if you're a sports fan, that is one of the bucket list places to be. No question. Yeah. I have to get there. Um, yeah, the Tau thing. Look, they're looking for a uh, you know a sixty seven percent share in, in, in Tau would be worth about two hundred seventy five million. So if oh you want, you want to chip in with me, we could do it together. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, okay. You know, we'll, get both, you know, we'll get a few guys. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. No, yeah, like, I don't you know if we know that know many guys. A lot more than that, right? He owns Tao. He owns almost every nightclub. I mean, they, they've they developed quite a portfolio of yeah. properties. They've done in well. City. They really they've done well.
4: Hey, listen, uh, thank all you right. for stopping by today. We'll do this again next week. A, a kick ass start for you, Joe Tacopino, on this show in 2023. So, happy new year. We'll do it again very, very soon. I love you, pal. Thank you. Love you too, bro. My man Joe Tacopina, he's on uh, weekly. Uh, Danielle just sent me this. Michael K, considering retiring from his ESPN radio show. Hey now, n- who shot? Been hearing that for years. Yeah, but, you know Tim McCarthy once tried to hire me there and had me hired until a guy named Mo Davenport torpedoed that the very last second. But I was coming back to do the one to three show from Miami before K. And the thought was, I would do one to three on ESPN, and then when Kay retired, go up against Mike Francesa here in New York for ESPN. Well, and the deal was about done. The amount of money was huge for a two-hour show. This is 2010. Quite a strategy. Yeah. But uh, the higher up at ESPN said, nope, we're not hiring Sid. Lo-
5: I like him, but he, he just doesn't look like he's into it. I <laughs> that's sure.
0: <I'm> just, <laughs> now, it's time for Sid's take. Sid's
3: take. Sid's Take! Sid's Take, yeah!
0: Good luck. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water <laughs> Heaters on 77 WABC. All
7: right. Big Thursday edition, Friday Eve edition of Sid's Take. Today's theme. Uh, first off, again sponsored by Pete Morgan, and Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. Look, Phil's finally back. He missed the most important time of his morning. Phil, Phil, Phil you're no you. longer. You're not allowed to go to the. You're not allowed to leave the studio from the uh, minute of nine. 15 to 9.45, okay? Why? Because I literally need you to answer the phones for the game. Well, m- while I'm doing sports, people are calling for the game. My bowels don't care when you I, I, I don't That's care. Not how that I works. don't care. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All your, right. On to the game here. Your bowels are part
5: of the game, as yeah. a matter of fact, Phil. That's a c- coincidence.
7: Thirsty Thursday. I will, uh, <laughs> I'll be naming uh, ingredients to cocktails. Basically, our contestant, Dave, out in New Jersey, will have to guess what cocktail we're thinking of. The interesting twist on today's game is both of our contestants are sober. So, uh, Dave, how you doing? Pretty good, man. All right.
2: It's over 30
7: years. How about that? Well, uh, congratulations on that. That's actually very impressive.
5: Nobody uh, likes a quitter, though. That's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lou's got the jokes today. Yeah, hey, <laughs> stop writing All right,
7: Dave, we got to <laughs> blow through this bad boy. We're running low on time here. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one, your first cocktail. It contains champagne and orange juice. What is it?
14: Samosa? Hey, now!
7: They'll get a little bit more harder there, Dave. But uh, on to number two. One for one. Good start. Your second drink contains vodka, peach schnapps, cranberry juice, and orange juice. What? Can't say uh, that.
2: Yeah, definitely no can't, can't
7: say that word. It's definitely... Loser.
3: Yeah. Time, yep. time for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <There> we go. <laughs>
5: oh,
7: All right. Number three,
5: Dave.
7: Sex on the beach would be the correct answer. Number three, one for two. Still uh, cooking with cats here. Here we go, a little bit. Uh, your third drink contains vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer. Uh,
14: ginger ale. No. <laughs> oh.
5: <laughs> Ginger. What?
7: That's not that's not an alcoholic drink, Dave. No.
5: He's been out of the game too long. Yeah,
14: well, you know, it's got ale and ginger, you
7: know. I, I get, I see where you're coming from. I get, I get how you got to the final answer. It's just incorrect. Your correct answer would be Moscow Mule.
5: <laughs> Justin can't relate. That's <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. That's yeah, on to number
7: on to number four. One for three. Let's try and get back to five hundred here, Dave. Your fourth drink contains rum, orange. Is it, is it, curacao? Is that how you say it? You like the country? Right? Well done. All right. Orange, curacao, or orgeet wheat, and simple what is, syrup. What
5: the heck is that? Oh, nobody knows.
7: Oh, ow, shit. What the heck is that? Will you stop? <laughs> God. Dave, give me an answer.
14: Um, uh, I don't
7: know. breeze. Out of time. Loser. My time <laughs> is the correct answer. Number five, you are one for four. I feel pick- like he's going to get this one.
5: Your tie is what?
7: I think he's going to get this one. You're not allowed to speak right now. Turn off my mic. Yeah. D-
5: yes. Me. You either curse or you're not here. Exactly. So
7: <laughs> what? which one is it? What are you going to pick?
6: Uh, I still go to the bathroom, so I'll be back. <laughs>
7: God, okay. <laughs> Number five. Yeah. Thank you. D- Dave with his second correct answer That's of it. the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Here we go. Number five. Your drink contains rum, lime juice, simple syrup, bitters, champagne, and mint leaves.
14: Ah, uh, shoot! What was that called again?
7: It was wow. a shoot. You said shoot. Oh, I, I heard it. I said
14: shoot. That's yeah, yeah, you did. Yes, Dave. Yeah. F-H-O-D. Yeah, yeah, we got you. Right now, Wait. back to the game. Yeah. Uh,
7: <laughs> that's a shot. Uh, hey, he's got nothing for me.
3: Loser. Yeah.
7: All right. Not a bad showing out of you, Dave. One for five. Uh, I, hey, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, you did the best Just you like could. Just
2: like I did last time.
7: Yeah, here we go. All right, Dave's going to hang out on hold. to get a chance to talk to the big guy
4: here in a couple minutes. You ready to go? So we did a Tupa Tuesday that was music. Yeah. We did Witchy Wednesday, the serial killers. Yeah. Now this is Thirsty Thursday. Tomorrow we'll do Football Friday. Oh, you see the alliteration? How yeah. it works? Yeah, no. we, we understand. Explain to me a lot more. Fun. I'm very and, uh, stupid. Explain. To me. We understand. I yeah, guess if I get clear. more sleep, I'll get hey, it. Shut up. Okay, fine. How, how did he do? He got one out of five. <laughs> one out of five. And this is about liquor, right? This is about. And liquor. he's been sober for thirty years, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm a recovering alcoholic. Exactly. So it is the perfect game for us. <laughs> this, this is real, this <laughs> is going
7: to go great. <laughs> uh, let's go. All right, here we go. Number one, your drink contains champagne and orange juice. Mimosa. There you go. A lot of those
4: on Sunday morning, baby. Hey now, hey now is oh, right. Good drink.
7: Yeah, yeah. I drink about twelve of them. Oh my when god! I, when I break fast on Yom Kippur, here we go. Number two: vodka, peach schnapps, cranberry juice, orange juice. Well,
4: oh, the peach schnapps is—I uh, used to like peach schnapps. Vodka, peach schnapps—is that a uh, sex on the beach? Oh my god! god. Wow. Well, that reminds me, it was Coney Island. Yeah, the here year we was, go. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I,
2: <laughs> not that not <nugget. laughs> uh, I'm not boy.
7: Yeah. All right. Long story short, we no. had sex on the beach. Yeah. There we go. I, I don't with, get it.
4: I was with Joe the Box, no. and uh, we were on the Joe so yeah. oh, the Box. How does Joe the Box get mentioned there? I, that story could have gone anywhere. He wasn't there. He was hanging out with Steve Bannon. Yeah, uh, number yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. All right, number yeah. three. Here we go. Vodka, lime juice, ginger beer vodka, lime juice and ginger beer. Yes. Uh, mean you would know this probably. Do you know what not? vodka lime juice and ginger beer. I, got that, it t- I don't know it. What is that
7: drink? I, uh, uh, it's alcoholic. I know that.
4: <laughs> yeah, there you go. What yeah. is it? The Moscow Mule. There you go.
5: Moscow uh,
4: Mule. Two for three. By the yeah. way, according to uh, Pete Morgan, Christopher Mad Dog Russo has been mentioned as a possible replacement for Michael Kay at ESPN, as well as Thatso Chris... Continent calling, okay. so no mention of me first, I'm not, I'm staying here forever, forever.
5: I know nothing about that yet. Yeah. Yeah. You can talk yeah. about it. I, I am
4: know. here forever, forever, forever. What's uh, number four? Right?
5: Number four. Contract Moscow Mule. Rum, <laughs>
7: orange, carousel orgiet wheat, and simple syrup to kill a sunrise. No.
4: Oh, you said rum. What am I, a moron? Oh my yes. god. uh yes. That's going to be a. um What's it called again? Uh, Mai tie Oh, my tie! Yeah. yeah. Damn. <laughs> all right. You literally drank those. I just drank, I just drank, like, Long Island iced teas. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to Long Beach iced teas. Long Island, and are then legal. when I was running out of cocaine, I would just drink all my parents' liquor straight from the bottles. There. So. Well, there you go. Wow. Yeah. Good old all days. right. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe the Box just said, love you, Sid.
7: He's <laughs> oh, God. Boy, Joe the Box. Go ahead. <laughs> <I'm a certain laughs> He said, don't tell anybody about that night.
5: us <laughs> yeah. see who else we can mention. They'll just text you. Yeah.
7: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number five. You're not going to get this one, either. Rum, lime juice, simple syrup, bitters champagne and mint leaves
4: no i do know this actually oh, you do it, no, you no, i mean it's a no. tom collins no no that's a vodka drink anyway old old cuban which i've never even heard of. old cuban
7: yeah i've never even heard that's of that dan one.
4: leviton's father
6: yeah oh my <laughs> <not> god
4: <laughs> all right one though two to one uh who's dave in new jersey dave how are you pal pretty good Sid. pretty good Did 30 have, years baby how many years God bless you. Seriously, congratulations. That's inspirational for a lot of people, including me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for playing the game. And uh, Godspeed. We'll talk again soon. Okay, Dave, thank you. Yeah, yo, I sent you a picture of my father in the Army on Twitter. When, When did you send that? How long ago? Uh, this morning. Like okay, we'll check ago. it out. We'll check it out, Dave. Thank you. We'll check it out. God bless your father, too, and God bless you. We'll come back and wrap things up. Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks, Pete Morgan.
0: It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is is sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. <laughs>
4: Give them All. Played this at 6 o'clock this morning at the Meeting of the Homeless last night. I tell you, it'd be a good idea some of you folks out there that like to sit on Instagram and Twitter and all these stupid social media sites and call out people who disagree with you and refer to public officials as POS and all that. Why don't you do something? Instead of sitting there all day on your Instagram account calling out people, why don't you do something? I know I'm out there raising money for charities all the time. Cancer Others My own son's charity I was out there feeding the homeless last night I I, uh, hand out knapsacks Every year on Christmas Why don't you do something Instead of sitting there just all bitter and angry Like a jerk off Which one of us are you talking to? No, not you guys You guys are great (laughs) You guys were actually um, happy for me last night and um, You were great today All of you were great today Phil, you were great today But you're in some kind of mood I don't
9: know Yeah, this
6: song is horrible what the song? Is how about I beat the? I, I will. I swear I'll beat you half to death. <laughs> You're that impassioned. Do you know who's in? Yes, everybody's in this song. Right, right? <laughs> and it still <laughs> sucks. It's what, amazing. what is so how, how does it, sc- it
5: suck? Some of Phil's relatives are in this. Song. Jeez. It's <laughs> so
4: It's a great song. Lou Rubino, you were brilliant today as always. Thank you so much, Dustin Ellick, Great job. Oh, when Bruce jumps in, it's the best. Deb Valentine, great stuff. Noam Leiden. We well, no, I'm not going to say Frankie Diaz because he. <laughs> that's terrible you'll be feeding him next week probably. he'll be online next week on Wednesday night oh my god come I'm on going, going right, we gotta go home we'll see you tomorrow at 6 everybody
3: peace
1: <laughs> don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket